Ho, Jabrodios! Now I need you to grab yourself a nice warm cup of tea, a big old bag of chips, and a comfy couch because we got a hefty episode today, all right? Yeah, we, we got do. a lot going today. We are Punch Drunk Nerd, the podcast with three blokes, three buddies, three bombing bruvs talking about nerd shit. Now this week, we're going to talk about the news, like the Emmy nominations, big stuff there. Then we're going to chat, of course, about Marvel's Love and Thunder and then to wrap it all up, we're going to talk about what we're into. Could be movies, could be TV, could be music. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, listen, it's me, Luis Gonzalez, and of course... Miguel Sanchez. And Ed Ball. Yes! Ed Ball is back! Ladies and gentlemen, can you believe it? Clap, 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 clap. I cannot believe it. Ed, it is so good to have you back on the podcast. Now... <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I, I, I know you... Uh, had some problems with your back, right? Yeah. Like, uh, last Wednesday, I could not move What? Well. What happened? Like, what exactly happened with your back that... Oh, no. I just did something foolish, and uh, on, uh, what was it, the 4th of July, I guess, Sarah's looking at me. Well, Ed, we uh, have requests from our fans. They want to know the full story. Hey, what? I get the same message that you guys get. I didn't see any requests. Uh, <laughs> no, this was uh, a special so one. So basically, um, uh, we were having a family day at home, and uh, we were sword fighting with Lily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, it was uh, at a moment where Lily and I were uh, uh, re redoing a little stunt from Hook. Okay. Uh, where... Uh, Peter Pan throws a pirate over his shoulders and he starts oh, spinning no. him around him. Oh, no. And the swords... Oh, we haven't got there yet. And he's, like, hitting the swords with all the pirates coming at him. Um, I did that with Lily. Easy peasy. And, you know, in the heat of the moment, I tried to do it for Sarah, too. And uh, my, uh, my back... I could not do it, but I want to say that I did get her over my shoulders, and we had a 180-degree spin before I was just like, ah, nope, and, like, for the rest of the day, it was bad, and then, like, Wednesday, I, like, walked into work, and then suddenly, like, ah, and couldn't breathe, uh, couldn't get comfortable, so uh, it would not have been good for me to be, like, sitting here talking to you guys, so... That's it. That was my epic tale. Oh my god, what a way to go. Hey, at least you got the 180 with her, you know what I mean? You got the spin, you got the 180, it worked. I mean, this is like your movie. You have literally a tattoo of Hook. We got carried away. Yeah, We got carried away, you know? And, uh, you know, memories, right? Good job, Uh, Ed. I I did my back like I did my my right eardrum and uh, gave it the movie treatment, the Ed reenactment (laughs) treatment. So well, there you go, well, ladies and gentlemen. Are you back yeah. to normal now, though? You good? Yeah, now I feel much better this week. It took a couple of days after, but uh, kind of eased back. Yeah. Well, you so, know, we are so happy to have you so back. So cheers <laughs> to old age. To old age. Cheers. We are so happy to have you back, Ed. We have the full co- crew here, the full cast, all three nerds. Uh, no, spoiler alert. Again, uh, I will not be here next week. I will be at Comic-Con. Uh, I'll try to get you guys some exclusive updates as I'm there on the floor. We'll see. I don't know. So we're going to have Miguel and Ed running the podcast, running the show. Uh, I'm super excited (laughs) to listen to uh, a new Punch Drunk Nerd. 
Uh, I, I, I'm just, I just want to sit back as a viewer and just hear your dulcet tones just go through my ear canals and, you know, enjoy some nerd news. <laughs> Miguel, I hope you've watched The Bear by then and then we can really just oh, like... Oh, that's, that's not fair. Is, right? That's not the fair. Then if you, you guys are going to have... What if you hate it and then I'm just, just going to yeah, have a exactly. little hate we'll fest. have a party. Yeah, yeah. no one will be here. No one to defend the bear. Yeah. Oh, this episode is not brought to you by the bear, okay? We just, you know talk about the bear all the time uh but this episode is brought to you by punch Shrunk nerd the podcast you're listening to right now uh we desperately need your likes and subscribes please uh hit us you know do all the things we need to get into the algorithm wave if you love us if you like what we're doing for the love of god for love jeebus hit the five stars give us a comment let the world know we're here to stay now we're gonna jump right into the news big stuff uh it's the 74th emmy award nominations um, I think I'm going to hit some of the big winners here, and then we can talk about it. Nominations. Uh, yeah, nominations. Thank you. But you know what? I think if you're nominated, you've already won. I, it's, it's such like a big honor to already be nominated for something. Um, succession. I've never seen the show. 25 nominations for this show. Mamma Mia. Uh, Ted Lasso and the White Lotus, 20 nominations. Only Murders in the Building, 17 nominations. Unfortunately, Selena Gomez got snubbed in the supporting actress role. Uh, Hacks, Barry, Euphoria, and uh, got more than a dozen nominations. Severance, Apple TV Plus's show, uh, 14 nominations. Stranger Things with 13 nominations. However, no uh, acting categories. Abbott Elementary, Miguel, uh, seven <laughs> nominations. Uh, and then HBO earned over earned uh, 108 nominations. 140 if you count if you count uh, HBO Max beating Netflix's 105 nominations. Now we're not going to forget, of course, of our uh, boys Marvel. You know we're big fans of Marvel. Uh, Disney Plus got 19 nominations with Moon Knight, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. Uh, but last year, WandaVision had 23 nominations just on WandaVision. She was carrying oh, wow. the load. Uh, here you have what one, two, three, four, getting you know a little bit under what WandaVision did. Uh, and no well, acting nods, right? I don't know. You know, I don't think any acting nods, but just a lot of creative stuff. You know, it takes more than actors to make movies and yeah. TVs. Uh, so but I'm Wanda, glad that we're... One division did. She got, like, lead actress, I think. Yes. Yeah, well, God, she's so good. She's such a great performer. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, what What do you... I mean, I can go into the actual bigger categories at all, but what do you guys think about that, Ed? You're the one who put this story up. Any immediate thoughts? Well, I mean, how could we, how could we ignore it? We watch so much TV. Exactly. Guys, uh... Yeah, no, I mean, uh, a lot of similar shows that I've caught up on in the last year. So, like, I'm on the Ted Lasso train now. Like, yeah. I'm here for it. Um, Miguel is on Succession. And I, do, I can't remember, Luis, you watched Only Murders in the Building, right? Oh, yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's a great show, I think. And I'm so happy that it's getting all the nominations. Uh, yeah, you're in season two. I, season two, and I think it got renewed for season three already. It's just like it did, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We haven't started season two yet. We were actually going to wait until it was all out, but um, yeah. I mean, that's a good show. Euphoria. Hey, I've heard good things about Severance, but I haven't watched it. Same. Hearing that it got so many nominations is actually making me want to watch it. Not only Severance, yeah. but uh, Succession. I know you guys keep talking about it, but this is a big punch oh. to my face saying you need to watch succession um one succession season 
four? <laughs> Wait, what? What season? What Are you asking? Season? I'm oh, asking. Three. It was the third one okay. we just had. So once season yeah. four comes out, then I will binge one through three. Uh, so then I can come out yeah. ready to roll. You know, Leading not, up to it. Yeah, I don't want to wait months for a sure, succession. Sure. I want to roll right into it. No, um, that's a good idea. At this point, um, I, w- I just want to point out yeah. that they had six nominations in the... Uh, oh, no, sorry, five nominations in the supporting wow. actors category, like in supporting actor and actress, and then six if you count uh, Brian Cox and the leading actor. So, like, six nominations in acting categories wow, that's is pretty re- that's, awesome. That's, that's, it's really awesome. Wow, okay. Well, shit, I gotta watch this show. Um, <laughs> listen, I want to talk about the top drama and comedy again. I want to run down this list because I think it's interesting. Uh, Better Call okay. Saul for oh, so these are outstanding drama series. Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. I haven't even heard of Yellow Jackets. I don't even know what that is. I have. Uh, I've heard good things about it. Uh, Christina Ritchie is in it. I don't know much about it. Okay. Um, other than general reception was good well any yellow jacket fans hit us up let us know do you like yellow jackets um listen i'm trying to find the wikipedia it tells the narrative of a team of wildly talented high school girls soccer players who survive a plane crash whoa plot twist uh deep in the ontario wilderness uh the series chronicles their descent from a complicated but thriving team to a warring cannibalistic clans wow wow this really has a turn so i guess it's a good show check it out Outstanding comedy <laughs> series, um, Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, mm, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows. Um, yeah, this is all really great. I love these because they just, you know, let me know some shows that I, I need to tune into. Uh, I've heard a yeah. lot of these, you know, I, I guess the, uh, Severance I want to check out now, Succession, of course. Um, People always talk about Ozark, but I just, I don't know if I'm going to go. It's just, there's so Down many seasons trip. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys keep up with what we do in the shadows? No. That they, a new, yeah. the, the new season just started today. So I love the movie. So, I love the movie. Yeah. But for some reason, and I'm going to get crucified for this. I just can't get into the sure show for it. some reason. And I love yeah. one of those actors too. The, um, He's in the IT crowd and other stuff. Uh, the is- uh, the main the, the long hair. He talks like this all the time. Oh yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know his name. My God, you know what I mean. Uh, his yeah. name is Matt Barry. Matt Bats. Barry. Bats. Yeah, Matt Barry. Yeah. Matt. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm in the wrong state of mind. I don't know if I'm watching at the wrong time. But I really, and you know what? Even now, after watching this show a couple times, I'm still willing to give it a chance. And I know so yeah. many people love it, and I feel like I'm just missing out, and I hate it. Um, but I know it's a good show, like, just objectively. So, Miguel, uh, any thoughts about these Emmys? Uh, just kind of like Luis, there's a couple of shows that I feel like I'm waiting on. Stranger Things is one for me. Like, if the, the new season's going to come out and be the last one next year or whatever, I'm kind of just waiting on Stranger Things, the finale. Ozark, we're kind of the same way in our house. Like we didn't want to watch Ozark all this time, but now that it's out, we're kind of thinking about it. So yeah, and yeah, of course, Abbott Elementary. I love that show. I'm super glad I, that they got so many nominations. Yeah, I don't know anything about that show, dude. You would love that show. It's so what is good. It, what is it even on? Uh, I, I think, think it's ABC. NBC. Oh, yeah. ABC. No, no, you're right. It's ABC. 
Oh, no, okay. I don't know. Here, I'll look it up. I'll look it up while you talk to him about it. ABC. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's it's <clears throat> only in their first season right now. They just ended and it's like a, a school, uh, like an inner city school, uh, public school and how like the teachers and the admin and the students all kind of uh, interact with each other on a day to day basis. And it's hilarious. Uh, we have a great time watching it. I mean, okay. I'm excited about the next season, so you should definitely get into it. All right. Yeah, uh, I, we're always up for a new comedy. Yeah, Sarah, dude, it's super quick. It's yeah. in, it's out, it's so good. I've seen Sarah watch a little bit of it, and uh, you know, while I'm working from home, I just peek over, and it seems like some really funny stuff as far as like workplace comedy. I know they have NBC has that new show, uh, American Auto, but I haven't heard much about it. Um, but it seems like this is like the next funny workplace Big comedy thing show. to watch out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One uh, snub that stood out to me, I saw that Sarah Paulson got nominated for impeachment, but Clive Owen didn't get nominated for playing oh. uh, Bill Clinton. Um, I thought that was like a missed opportunity, um, only because I saw Sarah Paulson. She's great in that show. Yeah. But I thought like over over the course of the season, Clive Owen was really good. I thought he really nailed Bill Clinton. Dude, it's, real really, fun way. it's really tough because like, the Emmys are in the same way that, well, maybe not so much as the Grammys, but there's so much television that it's yeah. so difficult to, you know, have narrow them all. Down. Yeah, yeah, narrow it down. And, yeah. and it's like Succession's getting 25 nominations. I mean, that's great. I, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of noms for one show. And it's, it, to me, I'm feeling like, let's spread the love. Money. Let's spread the love. Yeah, money, it, it's a money thing. Like, yeah, it's the yeah. studios pitching it and, and, and they're doing that. Yeah, I guess so. Um, there's just so much TV out there. It's like so hard to keep track of it all. Oh yeah, <laughs> we do our best. <laughs> we do our best. We get overwhelmed with television. We try to do what we can. Uh, another group of people who are get- feeling terribly overwhelmed with work is the VFX artists at Marvel. I mean, that's right. There has been a, a story, a thread on Reddit, uh, coming out now where the VFX artists are just done with Marvel. Uh, I'm gonna read some quotes and um. They're not great. Okay. I'm quite frankly sick and tired of working on Marvel shows. Marvel has probably the worst methodology of production and VFX management out there. They can never fix the look for the show before more than half the allocated time for the show is over. The artists working on Marvel shows are definitely not paid equivalent to the amount of work they put in. On Thor, they asked for a complete mini-sequence two or three weeks before deadline. They expect a smorgasbord of options so they can change their mind Three more times. Continuing, black hole of sleep deprivation and eating bad. Another quote, Marvel had seen grown men punching walls and throw monitors from stress. I broke down a couple times and I've seen the strain it can put on marriages. But hey, the money was fantastic. Fuck Marvel as a client. The credit name is not fucking worth it. Uh, I mean, these go on and on just about stress and how long it took people to recover. Six months to recover from WandaVision. Um, Welcome to the seventh level of hell. I mean, it makes wow. it makes sense where, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about these phases here real quick. I saw this pop up as well. Phase one had 12.4 hours. Phase two had 12.7 hours. Phase three had 24.9 hours. We're in phase four. With six films and seven shows, we are at 49.5 hours. Marvel has officially crossed over the 100 hours, you know, mark. Just let alone with all their expansion into Disney Plus, they're 49.5 hours. 
and they are pumping out content more than ever before. Even as a viewer, we're getting overwhelmed. I can't even imagine as a VFX person who is forced to meet these deadlines. And from my understanding of Marvel too, is that on the production side and like, we're going to talk about Thund uh, Thor Love and Thunder with Taika, they're always like, okay, great. Let's make changes. Let's adjust. I feel like now that we did this on set, ooh, I just discovered something. Let's make a change, you know? And they're always like willing to roll with the punches and make the better call. But it, it seems like this is deeply affecting the people at the, the VFX artists. And that kind of sucks. And, it, it, and I was kind of questioning it too with so much content being out there about like how in the world are they able to pump this stuff? I mean, I remember Black Panther there was that last fighting sequence. Uh, oh, man. Like, it was rough. It was because they only had like a couple weeks yeah. to get it done. It was the same situation. And it's like, what do you expect us to do? And we are dying just to get these VFX films out. And, and also, like, I remember watching Hawkeye. There was this whole um, goo effect when they, were, when they were throwing the bow and arrow. And it had this like purple or some sort of like gooey effect coming out. And I saw it and I was like, damn, that's not great. But I imagine, again, these VFX artists don't have enough time to really um, build this out. Um, anyway, I thought this was super interesting about to reveal the struggle of going on, especially with all of the uh, content we're getting. Um, what are you guys thinking about all this stuff? Uh, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's not new. I think previously, the biggest thing I'd heard about uh, some of the things is in the video game industry and how the crunch in video games are pretty severe as well. Like uh, studios really cracking down on teams to get these games out. And then you get these games that come out for $60, $70. And it's like, you could definitely see improvements, but clearly it's because uh, people like this are clearly overworked. The deadline always exceeds the, uh, I don't know, the practicality of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. it's, it's with, uh, yeah, like Miguel said, I feel like it's sadly a pretty common thing. Uh, like, and obviously Marvel churning out as much as they are. Um, but it's also disappointing because you like to think of that, of all places, such like a well-established environment would, you know, have worked its way around that. But it also shows it's all like the CGI oh, yeah. and effects are always a, like, a touch point like for debate uh like uh most recently uh she hulk attorney right. at law people were dogging on that um and granted we were still when that released we were still a couple of months before its release but from this there's no reason to think that you know everything's solved and i mean i just wrapped up miss marvel and we'll talk about that a little later yeah and obviously we just saw thor um but yeah i mean when that's your biggest drive like that's what bring these brings these movies together you and you rely on cgi so much like that needs to be you you would assume that would be like a top priority uh as far as just like getting it done in the right way like taking you care know? of talent yeah like making sure they're you know, okay yeah exactly like taking care of its teams you know yeah. knowing going into a project it's going to be cgi heavy like automatically you sign up for a marvel film okay they rely a lot on that and granted technology is always evolving but that's a lot of shit they're throwing at 
these movies, like even the TV shows. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I feel for those people and I hope that Marvel tries to remedy it. Yeah. Going forward. I agree. I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's really unfortunate that like, it really makes me sad when I hear that they have two or three weeks deadline to make it something done and, and they expect, they have expectations of like, it needs to be amazing. And I don't know. That just hurts me. Like as somebody who works like doing production stuff as well, when you're, when you are pushed to a All deadline, yeah. you're like, Hey, this needs to be turning in three days. Like it's not going to be good. You know what I mean? Like it just can't be good. And the fact that you're not giving enough recognition, I was talking to, um, I'm working on this production right now where we're covering how they build a monster at an FX house. And they were mentioning how in Gremlins, they had two years to develop the actual Gremlin, uh, like um, Muppet, you know what I mean? Creature. And now yeah. it's like people are given three months or like, you know, a, a short amount of time, especially when they were doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they were given like less than a week to create some of those practical effects. And it's just like this quick turnaround is going to affect it when these people are the hardworking people who are making all that magic on screen so yeah i don't know Without i remember when, it, it wouldn't I, work yeah i remember when we like, had we, two or three movies a year two movies a year three movies a year and i was like this is fine you know and yeah if we need to I, of course i love marvel content but i want people to be taken care of as well you know what i mean i don't yeah. want people to fucking die over it like we can take a break we can spread it out a little bit it's not as if they're not making the money. They yeah. and people will come to people will always flock to these movies. If we went down to two to, I mean max three. I mean three. Just saying that the fact yeah. that we've just grown so used to three Marvel movies a year, three big event movies from the same studio regarding the same, at least universe, but on occasion the same characters. We had two Doctor Strange movies this year, technically. Right, uh, with Spider Man and Doctor and, Strange, and like Miss and... Marvel's about to end, and literally in, a, in like about about a month, She Hulk's coming out. You know, it's like I could have a little bit of like you know wanting yeah. to have some and Wakanda forever after that. I, I forgot Man, about that. Walking, dude, walking into Thor the other day, I was like greeted with this big Black Panther poster, yeah. and I was just like, oh my god, I completely forgot that that's coming out. Not only is it coming out, it's coming out like soon, relatively <laughs> soon, yeah, like just a few months away. And yeah. I'm excited for it, but I was sitting there going like, damn, when are we gonna get a trailer? Like, let's. I want to see this. It's now. touchy. It's touchy. It's they like Wakanda forever of all things. I feel like they have to tread carefully around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big like, one for I, me. I'm excited. Yeah. About that one. I'm excited too. I mean, cautiously, you know, if anything, I'm just like, you know, I want them to succeed yeah. in this yes. massive hurdle that they're going to have to overcome. Uh, and I'm not just, yeah, it's, and yeah, I hope the video, uh, the visual effects are great too, you know, well, yeah. you know, um, there's a director that's helming a, a new movie, and I hope he can lead his team correctly. It's uh, Julius Ona. He's the new director for Captain America 4. Um, you know, the, if you saw Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they teased Captain America will return. Um, and he's been pegged. Pegged? Is that appropriate? <laughs> HR department. <No>. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, what, been asked? He's been um, yeah. uh, hired. I, I... hired. He's been pinned uh, to direct Captain America 4. 
Uh, so yeah, this guy, you know, he directed the Cloverfield Paradox, and he's done a lot of shorts. The situation where I feel like I don't know Marvel does yeah. this thing where they hire these like small time directors, but I don't know. It's like they get small. Did you guys see? Did you guys see that? No, no. Did y'all see that Cloverfield movie? No, Cloverfield Paradox. I saw it. Oh, listen, loved it. I I don't get me wrong. I love sitting through like a B tier or lower (laughs) movie. You know what I mean? And I like the Cloverfield movies for what they are. So I was kind of excited about that one. Um, But yeah, it's a it's definitely a tough one. Very disjointed. And when they go, oh, Captain America four picked their director, and it's the guy from Cloverfield Paradox, a movie that came out like I don't know four plus years ago. You know? Yeah. I don't know doesn't evoke any confidence you know what i mean in the project it feels like an ensemble will be helping him instead of it being like i don't know well it's marvel like like a sam raimi direct like when sam raimi was doing doctor strange you could really feel his yeah him you know what i mean and this feels like we're going to support you and help you out like don't worry about the action scenes we have that plotted out don't worry about the VFX. We had that plotted out for you. Yeah, they, Don't worry really about the plot. Of. We kind of had that plotted out for you. You just kind of make sure things are going okay. Point the camera. You yeah, just yeah, come yeah. in. You make yeah. sure the tone's okay. But you know what? Hey, but, or, I, I'm excited. Maybe he's so. gonna, yeah, yeah, maybe he's going to come in and make an absolute banger of a movie. He's a character that I'm not super excited about. Um, but... I, I wasn't excited about Captain America, the first movie he came out with. Right. You know what I mean? And then look at me now. I love Chris Evans as Captain America. So let's go. Exactly. Let's go. I'm, let's I'm, see Sam I'm, Wilson. I'm, I'm willing to see Sam Wilson. I love a new take. I, lo- I love seeing a little yeah, spin yeah, yeah. on things. Uh, so we're, we'll see how that goes. Um, we're hoping desperately uh, to see a trailer for Wakanda Forever and, of course, Captain America for when it comes out. But let's, let's not think about those trailers. Let's think about trailers that just dropped, like The Woman King. Uh, Ed, well, actually, this Ooh. dropped a bit ago, but we didn't want to talk about it without you, Ed. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Have you guys watched this one? I, I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, I did notice that you didn't talk about it last week. <laughs> so, I was. <laughs> Me and Miguel were like, do you want to talk about this? Back or do you want- <laughs> I noticed you put it back. <laughs> I in definitely here. put it back because I'm that petty. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> this was a movie. Um, this was definitely a movie I was very excited to. Uh, yeah. to see and like when that fi- trailer finally dropped i think it was last wednesday and of course i was like stiff as a brick um and it like i really wanted to talk about it and i was of course curious about you guys's opinions on it um so yeah i mean what i mean i'm i'm very excited for this it's like a true historical epic by all accounts i mean the trailer looked kind of epic it's got a great cast with uh, Viola Davis, uh, Lashana Lynch, John Boyega, uh, Jamie Lawson, um, and yeah, I mean, it just kind of looks badass. I, I don't know when I guys- when I was watching the trailer as as the story was unfolding, I wasn't sure if it was, and they later are like, "Yeah, this is based on a real story or whatever." I thought initially yeah. they were doing like one of those like alternate history type storylines. And sure, I was yeah. like, let's fucking go. I'm definitely down to see this movie. I want to see what they're going to do. Like, that'll be like different historically. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's a great cast and they all look like they're absolutely killing it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it, it got me hyped. I was it's definitely... a true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
the, no, the true saying, story like, element just kind of makes it more you're like oh okay like i want to look into this shit but yeah I, uh, i'm very excited for that yeah no it looks really cool um i no, yeah it looks like it's really well done super well performed you know true story i'm here for it i want to see um you know i want to be pulled in to this to this yeah. thing um that comes out september 16th for wow. listeners okay cool uh that'll be nice get your amc a list and watch the woman king um <laughs> dolby atmos so uh another quick trailer that came out harley quinn season three the trailer dropped we talked about harley quinn already uh, i just want to let you people know if you haven't seen it it is out uh but coming soon miguel oh, i don't know oh, if- dude Dude. I'm hyped. I'm excited okay. for this. There is this new game coming out uh, July 19th called Stray. Uh, you play as a stray cat in a world full of robots and venture to return to his family. Soft puzzles, obstacles, and traversing platforms. It, you gotta watch the trailer for this, because... You, you can't do it just, just by saying it. No, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you have to see it. It's like this, this cyberpunk future, mm-hmm. but you play as a cat. Like a real cat. Yeah. And there's all these robots and, you know, some of them you interact with and it's positive. Some of them you interact with and it's scary. And dude, at the first, I think they showed a trailer for it either earlier this year or yeah. late last year. And I was like, sign me up. I'm ready to go. It looks so dope. Yeah. I remember when uh, the trailer came out and at IGN, a lot of people were saying, this is the game to watch out or like a lot of people, maybe it wasn't, yeah. game, but it was getting a lot of attention. We're like, whoa, this is, it looks like a fun game to play. I can't believe it's coming out so soon. I'm in the middle of playing God of War, and now I'm getting Stray coming up. I'm like, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to bounce between two games? Because I really want to play. Um, because this game, I want to be a cat. I have three cats. And so, dude, what is the, I mean, I want to be a cat. Do you, you almost never get to play as like a, an animal, like a yeah. real life animal. You know what I mean? And the yeah. thing that you play. And I imagine there's not going to be much dialogue, which is also super fun. Because then you're going to sit in this really cool, like atmospheric game. Yeah. And you're going to feel like you're actually there. Nah, dude, I am. Uh, I'm ready to go. That might be a game I get Kristen to play. You know, we Ooh. all love cats in this house. Yeah. So we'll see how she does. Someone was telling me like, you got to play it on the PlayStation and that it has like those adaptive triggers. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. Remote. And I think there was, someone was telling me, um, or heard a conversation where like you, when you scratch. Yes, like, dude, I it, bet. It, yeah. There's like the adaptive triggers for scratching something. Um, dude, the first time I played Astro's Playhouse, I'd like that, that d- PlayStation demo, you know? Yeah. What yeah. I mean? Yeah. For the controller and he like walks through sand and you're getting air blown on you all at once and it's like the way the controller reacts to just this crunching of the sand and all the uh-huh. wind dude games like this i bet are gonna be phenomenal i cannot wait Ed, add it to the list stray stray i'm allergic to cats man i uh, i bet you this is a game ed would not play that's true that's true what about god of my War? alley oh fuck yeah man uh <laughs> <laughs> i am so excited uh you know, for anybody who gets to play it. I hope eventually one day I get to play it too, but I'm really excited for God of War uh, Valhalla. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. No, Ragnarok. Wrong wrong heaven or whatever the fuck. Ragnarok, yep. It's really Um, funny, actually, because it's like Assassin's Creed is like Valhalla, and then we have God of War Ragnarok, and it's just so many, like, uh, Ragnarok. Um, uh yeah so we got stray coming out july 19th so you'll have to wait a couple of days for that but you won't have to wait for the black phone uh because it is currently out um you know this is a movie directed by scott deckerson who uh directed the first doctor strange uh and then he split away from marvel 
after their visions didn't align. So that's a cool horror movie that's doing really well. Uh, Bob's Burger movie. Hey, that's out right now. You can check that out. And finally, oh, Better yeah. Call Saul Season 6 Part 2 is now out. One episode is out with five more to go, and they are releasing on Monday. Um, but let's take it back. A, let's take it back Wait. a step. What's up? What's up? I, I just want to add real quick. Yeah. Uh, I wrote this by hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, The Gray Man because uh, oh. the trailer came out. Yeah. Luis, you and I talked about going to see it in theaters. Miguel, you said you wanted to watch it at home. For anybody who do, does want to watch it in theaters, uh, it's coming out this Friday. Uh, it'll be in select theaters because of its ne- Netflix. Uh, for me, at least in the Houston area, it's only playing at Cinemax, and it only has two showings a day, roughly. And it's going to be playing in theaters exclusively for a week until next Friday when it will come out on Netflix. But if you like the cinematic experience that the Russo brothers bring to the big screen, go see it. Okay. If not, if not only for Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans going at it. You know, I don't want to get into a debate about it, so I won't even ask. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I'm looking up showtimes right now, and it's like... No AMC. I'm an AMC boy, and it's not even here. We got Cinemark, Cinemark, Cinemark. What's going on here? AMC? Yeah, Cinemark. Exclu- and that's that's a shame on Netflix. They alienated themselves so much from theaters that oh, only a select few only will only play it for like a fucking week. <laughs> Cinemark's yeah, I mean, like, it's, it was the same. We're like the cheap It was the same AMC. thing with the Irishman. Yeah. You know, and I think it affects that. Oh. I, they could be making money off this shit. Quick side note, just because we're talking about it now, I watched The Irishman again this week. Wait, uh, this wait, is like again? This, again, this is like the second time in about two, three weeks that I've watched it. And uh, sure. if we're talking about the the cinematic experience, I loved it at home. I loved Fuck it yeah. so much oh. at home because I can watch it so many times at home it's and get all, get all of the information that I need at once as opposed to sitting in the theater and going, what the fuck is happening? Um, is that what no. you felt? Uh, you know what? Uh, because I was watching. <laughs> sorry, did you, you hear that? A, you taking a leak? <laughs> I was topping off my drink. Yes. I'm so sorry. You got a little bottle down there. <laughs> That's. Uh, I've, had, I've got my little cocktail. Uh, got it. Thing. Got it. No, my beautiful. Guys. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing about the whole cinematic experience thing, Ed. I, I get it. So I won't, I won't bug you about it. I'm excited to see it in theaters. I'm going to try and see it next Tuesday. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's one of those releases that a blink and you miss it kind of thing, you know? And I just assumed that there was only one Ryan Gosling movie coming to theater soon that you were going to see, Ed. And that's Barbie. And you <laughs> bet I'm going to watch that on the biggest fucking screen possible. Barbie IMAX uh, screen. Filmed on IMAX. Ryan Gosling's abs in the IMAX. Well, you're going to have to um, wait till July 21st, 2023 to watch Ryan Gosling's abs. Uh, but for movies uh, you don't have to wait for, <laughs> it's the summer box office season, baby. Ooh, hula hula time. Uh, listen, we're going to go over the top standing what? movies uh, that are happening right now. We have a movie wager bet that's going on. If you haven't listened to that podcast episode, go back and listen to us trying to guess which movie will be making the most money domestically in this summer uh, season. But now we're going to review on the top ones here. Number one, Top Gun Maverick at 597 million. Boy, Miguel's probably going to win close to that one because you had it at number two. Two. Uh, dude, that's so good. You're getting so many points. 
But then Jurassic World Dominion is at number two, which Miguel, you had at number one, which means I you're going to get bonker, uh, bonker points. Number three, Minions, Rise of Gru, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, I'm not even seeing the numbers. I'm sorry. Jurassic World Dominion, 350 million. Number three, Minions, Rise of Gru, 210 million. Thor, Love and Thunder, 143 million. Lightyear, ugh, 112 million. Had that <laughs> as my number one. What a big flop that was. Uh, oh, yeah. Number six, Elvis, <laughs> 91 million. Black Phone, which is now coming, is now out, 62 million. Bob's Burgers, the movie, also out, 31 million. And Marcel, the shell with shoes on, at 963,000. There you go. So you did a pretty good job, Marcel. Uh, and then it we, might make two mil. It might. <laughs> uh, it might. No, oh, I'm getting. <laughs> anyway, movies left to come. Here we watch out. Where the Carl Dads Sing, July 15th, which is, oh, out now, I guess, when the podcast comes out. Pause of Fury, um, Legend of Hank, July 14th. Nope, July 21st. Super Pets, July 28th. Bullet Train, I'm excited to see that, August 5th. And Bodies, 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 also August 5th. Uh, Ed, do you got any, uh, any, anything to talk about? I know you brought this one up. Nope, I just thought it would be good to check in with you guys. <laughs> uh great you know to wrap it all up uh we're I'm nervous i i you know i don't You're think gonna win. i, don't I think... have a good feeling together Miguel, you might win i think this. you have the least to worry about honestly i don't uh, know i normally don't do well in these so if if it if i do you well clearly it's nailed it with top Gun. surely by accident oh yeah well because not, i had not quite i think the only thing i've got close to accurate was minions and jurassic world is underperforming as far as like my expectations so I think with Thor, I think Thor bumping up. That those were my top three was uh, Jurassic World, Top Gun, and Thor. So I yeah. kind of think that's where it's going to land by the end. But we'll see. Listen, okay. I want the fans to know I went ugh on Lightyear, not because I didn't like the movie, but because I had it as my number one. Okay. Yep. And yeah. clearly, it's at the number five now, and they can only get lower. So <laughs> things aren't looking good for me for Lightyear, <laughs> but that's okay. I will always continue to enjoy it. I love it, and I will see it on Disney Plus when it comes out. Um, there you go. And finally, to wrap this up, uh, unfortunately, uh, someone has passed. Ed, I'm going to give this to you since you're uh, usually on this segment. <laughs> take off your. <laughs> Do you guys keep up with deaths? Uh, take off your hat, Miguel. Uh, moment of silence, please. Uh, no, so R.I.P. to uh, the legendary James Kahn, um, who died at the age of 82. Um, most people will know him from the Godfather series. He played Sonny Corleone. Uh, also, he was the dad and elf. Uh, probably the most recognizable thing, I guess. But also, you know, he did uh, Thief. He was in the movie Misery. Um, I grew up with him in the 90s in that Arnold Schwarzenegger film Eraser. Wow. Where he's the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah he he's great in that too so uh yeah uh sad to see him go r.i.p r.i.p cheers. cheers i actually i was i was saying this oh. on another oh sorry there you go <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> oh, no. i uh i was actually saying in another group chat that i followed him on twitter and he was you know getting up there in age but he was still pretty active uh, he tweeted, I mean, not every day, but, you know, you remember when Barack Obama was president 
and <laughs> his Twitter bio would be like run by my staff, but like tweets with B.O. or by Barack Obama. You know what I mean? That's how you knew James uh, uh, James can uh, tweeted because he always tweeted the same thing at the very end. He would always say end of tweet. And ah, it, funny. it doesn't matter if you, you know, when you, you post a link to your Instagram and it's like, oh, I posted a new photo. He would do that and be like end of tweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. All right. I'm keeping up well That's into hilarious. well relevant all the way to the last to the last i had no idea that it, that was even like a, a you know like a story about him this whole like twitter you know the way you're yeah. twitter what, what a nice little insight that you offered i feel like i'm listening to punch drunk nerd for the first time here and you talk oh, about this just a little preview for next week okay there you go <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen we hit uh, the first section here we did the news of the week now as we promised uh we said if you leave a review for us we're gonna read it out loud Okay, and we're gonna do that right now. Uh, we got uh, Raul's a nerd, a nerd's dad BFF. Uh, I'm a busy working dad and husband, and Punch Drunk Nerd is a great substitute for both the IRL friends and nerd media blogs I don't have time Aww. for. So thank you, Raul, for reaching out and leaving us a nice, uh, kind review on that. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you so much. What do you guys think? Shout about out. That? Cheers. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Uh, listen, please. There's so much more room for you to leave reviews on there. We, we, uh, you know, you could be number four. What? A, wow. What a place to be. You could be. Please you leave could, a review. You could be top top five right away. Just go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. That'd be nice. Um, now we are moving on to bum 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 for love and thunder. Um, do I have to give a synopsis about this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Ed, do you want to get the synopsis about this? I feel like you're more, more uh, after the events. This. Yeah, after the events of Endgame, Thor is traveling around with the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's, uh, but he's undergoing a midlife crisis again, and um, leaves the Guardians in pursuit of Gore, the God Butcher, who is going around killing gods for reasons you'll find out. There you go. That's that. That's that. That's <laughs> oh, Thor. Oh, and yeah. Jane Foster is back as the mighty Thor. Back at it. Uh, a little warning. Spoilers alert. Definitely. We will be spoiling the shit out of this whole thing. So if you don't like this, go to the description. <laughs> Maybe we'll tell you when to jump into the next section, what we're into. Um, okay. We've all watched Thor and Love and Thunder. We haven't actually talked about this at all in our text chain. And it's we've been no. very mysterious, been very coy with each other. We didn't haven't said a goddamn thing. <laughs> so, you know, here we are. Uh, I'm... I don't know. I have a feeling I, I have an idea what you guys are going to think, but I really don't know. Don't so know. who wants to go first on this? Rock, paper, Not scissors? Me. Not, Not me. you? Not me. Okay. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll go first because yeah, okay, I'm good. usually the angry, temperamental one. Oh, there um, there, there's the, we get a little, okay, a sneak peek on one. No, 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 uh, no. Okay. So for trouble with this movie, <laughs> began. <laughs> no. My, I guess my internal conflict, my internal conflict with this movie was that I enjoyed myself pretty much from beginning to end. It was, I was pretty excited for this movie in general. I think we all were. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Heels of Ragnarok. And uh, as far as the Marvel movies go this year, I was definitely more excited for this one. Um, And... I found, yeah, I enjoyed myself throughout this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, They did some cool things. Uh, But overall, I did feel like 
it was a little disappointing in wow. that it was not as smooth sailing as Ragnarok felt. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make the obvious comparisons because I don't see how we can't um, to that movie. But um, yeah, yeah. I felt like where Ragnarok walked the fine line between comedy and drama, this one was purely putting jokes first mm-hmm. before plot or anything mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. felt leading up to this movie i was i was getting a little concerned that <laughs> uh two of the main stars christian bale and natalie portman kept mentioning how much got left on the cutting room floor yep uh and how much mm-hmm. good shit uh was left on the cutting room floor um and i genuinely kind of felt that Yep. This movie was cut in a lot of places that needed more context, needed more dramatic emphasis. It needed to breathe a little more yeah. because, God damn it, yes, it's funny, but they pummel you with jokes yeah. Yeah. the whole way through. <sighs> and it, yeah. when some of the characters that you're dealing with and some of the situations that you're dealing with just need just like a, a few yeah. minutes longer to sink in uh but everything felt so rushed yeah uh and it does have a good pace but at the same time you feel like you know one scene is supposed to mean something but they it doesn't matter it's on cruise control the Mm -hmm. whole time i feel like and it's like i said i think it prioritizes humor ahead of uh anything else so i'm gonna pause there and let somebody else give their initial reactions and we can get into it more before i go on a run i was being quiet in the group chat because i actually like full blast hated this movie look at this boy coming i had an an awful time watching this movie i was i have a lot of opinions which i'll get to in a minute Uh but i was so worried like I was just thinking about Ed being so heated about the bear, and I was like, "This is my the bear." You know what I mean? Yeah. This is my FX is the bear. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so worried that I was gonna be the Debbie Downer in the group chat, and like right. everyone was gonna have a go. <laughs> Wait a second, I'm sorry, that wasn't in relation to Ed. Sorry. No, that's right. <laughs> I mean, hey, me, me personally, I was that, worried about being a Debbie Downer, not not that, a comment on anything else. Was, the real reason I wasn't here last week, ladies and gentlemen, was because. <laughs> I felt like a complete asshole from the previous. Oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant. I threw my back out just bitching about the bear. <laughs> the fucking bear. The fucking bear. I was just jerking around. Maddie Matheson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just so worried that like I, you guys were going to end up really, really enjoying it, and I, and I hope you guys, you know, did get fun out of it, of course. Um, but for me, just personally, God, I walked out of that movie and I was like, just like blank all the way home. I was like, man, that was not good. I did not enjoy it. And I'll talk more about it. That's yeah, yeah. I Luis, mean, let's see your yeah, initial... so my opinion. I, I, you know, I, I think I'm, we're all kind of echoing the same thing where I think really what's happening comes down to is that the humor undercuts all the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this movie runs on bits like this bit hour. I think if this movie was on in the, in the background as you're cleaning the house or on TNT, or whatever, I think it's something that you would put on, you'd see it for a couple seconds, and you'd see it, and it'd be like, oh, this is a good, this is a good show, just kind of watch, and then dip around, come back to, like, it, it is, it is run on, run on all cylinders that way, Ed, as you're saying, 
But it's really interesting because I felt the same way I felt after Dark Knight Rises, where, listen, mm. I love comedy bits. I love the freedom of a director doing whatever the fuck he wants. And I felt myself being torn because I was like, well, I love comedy bits. I love Taika and I love freedom, but that I, I don't know how I feel about this movie because it was yeah. so filled with bits that there wasn't a lot of opportunity to have vulnerability and let those emotions uh, yeah. like really ha give you that cathartic release because you want to yeah. have that. And that pumps you up where it feels like we were hitting the same uh, note over and over and over again. Not to say that I like absolutely hated this movie. You know what I mean? I probably won't go as far as to say I hate it. I, I still like, I had a great time. I enjoyed it, but I yeah. think it's just with Thor Ragnarok. I think there were moments when they did things that it was still not so slapsticky where they played it kind of grounded and they had a couple of like awkward yeah. quirky stuff like that bleeded out. And I instead this time they're like, okay, we had Thor Ragnarok instead of letting it bleed out subtly, we're just going to let out blatantly open up the, the trench coat full blown scene. This is what we are. Yep. And slapstick yep. yeah. comedy where we aren't even being subtle about it. And I like having I, we a don't even... variances of subtlety between the two. And they were being honest and open between Jane and Thor. And they were kind of like making these like slapsticky jokes with each other. And I was like, I, it's like, let's we don't be need real. that. Let's be real for this one second. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think Just that, for a moment. I think that's where I was having trouble with. I think there's some cool action sequences. I think there's some fun things that are happening. I think some of the bits are funny. But I think yeah. where I have trouble is just the consistency of 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 the pace, and and it it is this thing where like I loved how short it was. We were we hit this movie under two hours. Like what a what a what a time to have a Marvel movie under two hours. And after watching cost. it, it's like well, uh, exactly. We, it could have been longer. It, it could have been longer. There are bits where I would like, oh, <clears throat> let me actually sit and draw out and, and let me feel it out a little bit more. You know what I mean? It's it almost felt like yeah. yeah. I it think... could benefit. Go Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it, give it like another ten to twenty minutes to let those key moments breathe a little bit. And so, I think the best example of this is that the whole movie, whilst he was chewing up scenery, it left me feeling like Christian Bale was wasted, mm. and I feel like he. Just like watching him in interviews, you can tell felt, he feels that way. Yes, he's like not thrilled about it, and I like I, I I'm trying my best to go into Marvel movies without these like fan based uh, predictions that like if that doesn't happen, I hate it. But right. what I did want from a character. Uh, titled the god butcher yeah, 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 was yeah. actually some god butchering I, I, yeah. yep. and it's mm -hmm. only ever talked about and never really seen apart from the opening sequence but because of that and because there is just so much humor in every Ugh. fucking frame of this movie it's just like you never feel the threat and going into this movie i felt confident that um, you know, you heard that Peter Dinklage was going to be in it. You heard that Jeff Goldblum was going to be in it. And I, going into it, I was thinking, okay, these are going to, or were going to be victims of gore. And the whole reason that Zeus was going to be in there 
was yes. to raise that those stakes yes. and they present him as the the oldest uh, and greatest of gods I was waiting you know, for who's it. been around I was the waiting, original hero I was waiting for him to come in and wreak havoc like to be like, and destroy Zeus yes, and make and an take, example of him and to take him. a very dark tone so you can get like a contrast yeah. of flavors like you know what I mean like you need the contrast of flavors yeah. to like really appreciate the other one where Omnipotent City would have been the great opportunity for Gore, the God Butcher, to come in, yes, wreak fucking yes. havoc, and then at that point, and I love that scene. And at that point, he would have been like, "What is this eternity? What's yeah. the eternity?" And then he figures yes. out the plan. Hey, I need to go to eternity, and I can kill the gods that way. The first step is, hey, I'm gonna kill gods, and then he gets to Omnipotent City, and it's like, oh my god, there's yeah. a better way to kill gods. I'm going to yeah. go to eternity, but that that kind of like jumped. The gun and yeah. I will load the gun But instead like we got told we got told that he was a god butcher and whenever he did turn up, I got excited. Yeah. Only because like, okay, this is it. This is when we get to see him in at his worst kind of thing. And they visually I think they nailed the character, but the visuals promise so much more than what we actually got. Uh, and by which I mean, like, you know, when he's creeping out of the shadows and each time he does, he it looks like a skull walking out. And like, I, I think that look was so good. Um, and especially like in contrast to other villains like uh, Hela and, you know, Thanos or whatever, you know, this, he took his own kind of like unique imagery. Like he was the, like almost the god of death in that sense. But you just you never got a hint of that threat at all, or just what he was capable of. We kept they they literally just told us every time, oh well, you know he gets his power from his sword or whatever. Like they they told us that we didn't see it, and that was the most frustrating thing. And because of that, you just you felt like he was kind of inconsequential to the overall story when they were hyping him up to be like the greatest villain ever and i wasn't hang i wasn't clinging on to those words because directors hype up their own shit right. or whatever but they also i mean i don't think anybody would ever get that impression it, like it, christian it, bell is a great actor yeah and he did his best with what he had but there was clearly something more to this character that he saw originally but we didn't well it, you know what in I, the end i so i look if you're going to read a comic and you always feel like, oh my God, what is going on? Just there's an incredible comic that's based off Thor, God of Thunder, uh, by Jason Aaron from 1 to 11, God of Thunder. This is the whole gore butcher arc. Um, definitely check it out. And what they did a really good job is they set up the purpose of gore and like the trials and, you know, the way he felt about gods. And in this movie, it went quick, very quickly. Where it was like, I have this problem, I hate gods, we're in it. And it would have been so nice to have a second where we were just like dealing with Gore's pain. You know, I would have loved to have more Christian Bale up top. I would have loved to have him more suffering up top just to kind of really solidify what he's going through. I don't know. I, I, what do you guys think about? Do you guys feel the same thing about that? Or Yeah, I mean, I really, the, the, the only two parts that I really enjoyed about the whole movie was the beginning 10 or so minutes with Christian Bale could have been more. And then like a, a good, a good chunk of the third act I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like you understand quickly. Okay. His daughter dies and that's like a good justification, but you're absolutely right to sit with him just a little bit longer. 
Like, I think I read a comment on Reddit somewhere where it's like the ne- very next scene after the credits should have been him killing like a big god in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like get that kind of like taste of what he can do and then go back to Thor for a little bit. I personally, as far as the Guardians of the Galaxy is concerned for as this movie, uh, just kind of an unnecessary plot point. I mean, it had so much promise. I would have preferred if this movie had been just like Guardians and Thor in one movie and that be it. You know what I mean? If they really wanted to push the Guardians angle. It was overpacked. I feel like it, it was... Oh, this is the thing. A lot was packed into this movie, and it had such a short running time. And that's what makes yeah. it difficult. You know, you had... you had, Of course, he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You had to wrap it up somehow. Then you had, on top of that, Gore. And then on top of that, you had Jane Foster as the Mighty mm-hmm. Thor. You, there, there's these three things that you kind of have to give space to, but you don't have time. There's no mm-hmm. real estate in the two hours you know what i mean so you're kind of going bop 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 um yeah through it and i i mean yeah i mean i'm echoing exactly i i think the biggest things that suffered aside from christian bale was the like i liked the setup for the shadow realm yeah but the editing on that felt so just all over the place like one minute he had all of them tied up and then stormbreaker comes and they're all just like kind of walking around trying to find gore again and one thing i think i said uh when we saw the trailers was there was a moment in the trailer where i was afraid for valkyrie because you saw her fighting with Mm. gore this guy's supposed to be a god butcher she's just a warrior of the gods yeah and yet she gets injured uh in the fight and you know there were a couple of gasps in the audience but everything was happening so quickly on that planet or whatever you want to call it that uh you know you barely had a moment to take it in and then the next minute they're retreating to asgard um or new asgard only to you know 10 minutes later be back on the road fighting gore again at eternity like again just has no time to breathe and like they've already shrugged off the whole valkyrie injury thing oh yeah i lost a kidney it's like all right you really are just going gag for gag on this no mistakes i think yeah i think the emphasis of jane and her plight would have been so much more effective and so much more emotional than other than them just basically telling us visually that oh we're supposed to feel emotion in this scene because she's got cancer and she's dying, and if she touched Mjolnir again, they like they set it up all in that five minutes or less, basically, to where and then the the climactic fight was just as choppy. I and you guys can correct me on this. I'll gladly take it. There's a moment where like Jane gets hit uh, when she comes in to join the fight, and there's a moment I guess she gets hit because the there's a lot of action happening, and they cut back to her, and all of a sudden, her helmet is torn up. Oh, Do you yeah. guys remember that moment? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I don't even remember that being a thing. Like, there should have been more emphasis on that. But just so much shit was happening that I felt like Natalie Portman got screwed over. I felt like Christian Bale got screwed over in the overall picture. Like... And they were the two characters I was most looking forward to yeah. in this. You know, I really do feel like this could have been... To me, it felt like it should have been a send-off to Chris Hemsworth Thor. And this could have easily been like a two-parter film 
where like the first film was either Jane or Gore and the second film was vice versa. You know what I mean? So that you end where you still end, but you've had all this room to develop both of these characters and, and in the way that they sent Thor off, you could still do, you could still not kill him. You know what I mean? And he could go off and live his own life, but then it would feel, you would feel a little bit more for it. You know what I mean? Or you get like an introduction to Gore at the end of the Jane Foster one to where they actually come together in the second one. Yeah. Like you get to see a bit more of Gore's destruction. Because I felt like we were going to see like a ton of gods yeah. get killed in this. And the only god who gets, aside from the one at the beginning, the only god who gets killed is, or he doesn't even get killed, is Zeus. And guess who kills him? Fucking Thor. Yeah, you see the. So uh, he's the god butcher. You see the big. Um dragon-like uh, god die, but it's after the fact. And uh, that's another god that gets killed, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a slaughter of gods that should have been... Oh, that just reminded me, Luis. Yeah. Uh, one of the things when the trailer came out, one of the things that p- the internet was really excited about was the fact that it was like a shot-for-shot shot, whatever. Oh, like, absolutely, like, yeah. You know, this is, pulled, this is pulled from the comic book and now it's on screen. <laughs> I don't know. Is he okay? Is yeah. Where he, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. Oh, oh, he's pulling. He's pulling that page. I bet. Um, oh, but it, but it didn't even matter. It you know didn't what I matter. Mean? Yeah. They also all you're really doing is just going for this aesthetic, real quick, like flash on the screen, like ooh, look at us. You know, we we're giving what the the comic fans want, yeah. but it just but it didn't serve anything as far as the story goes. Yeah, and that's what I that to me at the core is what I have a problem with with Taika Waititi is that yeah. he's kind of like all flash and no substance. Yeah. Un- yeah. I mean, I have never seen Jojo Rabbit, so I can't speak to that, but it's like, to me... I think he's perfectly capable yeah. of substance. Yes. But I just got the impression that he just didn't give a fuck with this movie. I think... This uh, is no, I, I Look, I, I've heard, like, I've heard interviews, and I've heard people, and I've heard, I've watched, like, listen to podcasts about it. It seems like he did give a fuck, but he was just giving a fuck in different, like, he yeah. was just wilding out. You know what I mean? Like he wanted it to be a tight two hour. He didn't really care. And he just wanted to do it his way. You know, I don't think he wanted to go big. I think he felt the pressure of Ragnarok. I mean, I don't know. But he they they were talk about like how do you follow up with Ragnarok? And I think maybe it was just like, let's go big and and let's keep this tight. And I think that's what happened, is that you tried to yeah. keep too much in a short time frame. But I, I feel like he did care. But it just the execution of it well, is what we got. I just don't think he gave a fuck about how it came across. And granted, I don't want him to be like, oh, I've got to, you know, pander to all the fans. But I just like, I don't, I don't, I feel like you can, you hold this up to any movie outside of, or inside or outside of Marvel. It just doesn't come across as a very well drawn out film. Like the way that it's edited Mm-hmm. Uh, put together the story again it just like is so overwhelmed with just gags and jokes it kind of overtakes everything else that's happening and i like i got you know a little teary-eyed towards the end when gore is talking to his daughter again but that's like that's imagery that a father is gonna react right. to in a certain way and yeah there was a re- I just there was a really cool loose and Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there was a really cool moment when, I mean, it was very small and tiny, 
when uh, Thor and Jane are walking onto the black and white area and you just see their hands and they're basically yeah. like kind of like rubbing yeah. and touching. And that was like, wow, what a like a small, innocent moment that we're not yeah. having any jokes and we're just like kind of. Yeah. Because like I've had that moment when I kind of like someone and you're like barely kind of like grazing their hand or yeah. whatever. And you kind of having that moment of like, ooh, you know, we're kind of close. Like that was like a yeah. very sweet moment. And again, when Gore's with his daughter, like these are these kind of like tiny human moments yeah. that really pull you in for the, yeah. There, yeah, he has some like really great flourishes throughout, but it just, he doesn't follow through with any of them. Or he's like, there's such a rush, such an like a rushed energy that again, you just don't get to appreciate it because it's immediately undercut by yet another joke or just some kind of harsh editing. I was you know, really I mean, looking forward to that scene where they go into the monochrome because, again, they do a good job of building up the dread for Gore, mm-hmm. which is what pulls you into every time he comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. and yet, um, and so like you're you're like you're on his turf now, and you know you don't we we still hadn't seen what he was capable of. So this is really uh, a, a good moment where you know. The, the real threat comes in and then they can come back in the climax but it was so hurried like after that I was just like it, it loses me again so I had a few things and I'm going to wrap up just my thoughts on it uh, the few things that really stood out to me as just really negative that I just I walked away from going these were my least favorite parts um, just generally the CGI was so much it was just like Every scene was, and I know it was like Thor Ragnarok was really colorful and we wanted to do that again, but the CGI just looks so, uh, to me, like kind of fake at a lot of times. Like, especially we talked about when he put that helmet on in the trailer Dude, and he goes, Jane, you know what I mean? started on that part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, I hated the CGI overall. I hated his new suit. I, um, I, his, I yeah. his suit. Bef- okay. You know, he has that blue. Remember before yeah. the blue, he had that kind of like. Uh, furry suit. Bef- uh, yeah, that yes, was a cool like the Viking or the whatever. Viking suit. That yes. I loved that suit. And it's like, if you want to do a variant on his like outfit or whatever, let's just follow through with yeah. that. That looks nice. But then it became like a toy, like an action yeah. figure. Mm-hmm. And like to me, I think Thor has had a pretty basic costume from the beginning to like end game. But he's looked great every time because it's so simple. Yeah. And yeah. then the fact that they just felt the need to do this like goldish blue. Yeah, uh, action figure. I, oh God, I just was not into it. But the other thing that I was really upset about because I like Chris Hemsworth and I like Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Yeah, was that Thor just came across as like a total meathead this entire movie? And yeah. if you think about what was all of this emotional growth during Infinity War and Endgame, yes. yeah. if all you're gonna do is make him some dumb jock at the at the at at his next movie, at, at, you know, yeah. assuming it's his send off. You know what I mean? Having it, another crisis. And it's, like, it's just like, we, we didn't need to repeat that part of the storyline. I would have liked him to be able to be mature enough to help someone. I mean, imagine Jane, who's always been kind of like smarter than him or something needing yeah. his like emotional strength or something. Well, that, that kind of takes a different direction. I don't mean that necessarily, but I, I don't know. It just, the way he, and yeah. also every single line was just like, a you know what I mean? Like comedy, comedy, comedy. Yeah, and it was just everything like, he did was ironic. Like no, uh, one note the entire yeah. way for Thor. 
And yeah. it's like, dude, I feel like Chris Hemsworth is better than that. I think if you, if, if well, you had you, made Thor a meathead at the very first movie, you would have been forgiven because it would have been like Chris Hemsworth's first big Marvel movie. It's too late in the growing. game. He was growing yeah. as a character. Exactly. It's, it, it's, it feels reductive. Yeah. It definitely feels reductive to where we've been with the character. Like, I'm thinking, like, Infinity War. He was great Dude. in Infinity War. Yes. I think the one moment where I fell in, I have to jump in, where I fell in love with him was that moment he has with Rocket. And he's in the, and yeah. he's there. And yeah. he's kind of having, like, this really incredibly vulnerable moment where he's kind of breaking down. And he's like, I lost my mother. I lost my father. I lost my brother. I lost my best friend. But that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. You know what I mean? Where it's like he's on the verge of, breaking down but also like just being kind of insane and comedic you know what i mean it's like that weird fine line of just like yeah complete utter vulnerability and then still trying to find comedy in in this depression and that's what like yeah. I, I, there was like one or two times he came out and i was like yes give me that door because chris Hemsworth does such a good job of that vulnerability and trying to yeah. handle vulnerability with comedy you know what i mean um yeah yeah, I mean, just echoing what you said about Infinity War, like that. Wasted potential is really just how I felt at the end of this uh, for everyone. Um, I, but I did. I also did like just a couple of things. So yeah, let's talk about what we love. Let's talk about what I don't want to be. Yeah. A, I don't want to be a total sourpuss. I, there were some things that I liked. So obviously, like I said, the intro uh, to get us caught up to Christian Bale's gore, I thought was really nice. It made perfect sense. Um, it justified him right away. I loved it. And I really would have loved to have seen more Christian Bale. He's one of my favorites. Um, I loved the mighty Thor moment with as much as they were building to it. Uh, and as silly as they were being throughout the rest of the movie, I thought her shining moment was, was shown. You know what yeah. I mean? I was having a great time. Um, I personally did not enjoy the kids being kidnapped storyline, but I thought it redeemed itself beautifully when he like when he gives them the power of thor uh temporarily that was one of the bits i liked that um and Can I step in on that one and, and and i'm sorry just to say that i loved yeah. that moment i thought, yeah. thought it was really good go ahead, now, sorry well I, I i enjoyed that moment too because for me it kind of harkened back to um a lot of kind of like old action films and i'm thinking of like the temple of doom uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, where kids are under threat, but in kind of like a playful circumstance. Granted, I feel like this was misjudged as far mm -hmm. as like what the character Gore was supposed to be. And I didn't see him going after children, but obviously he's using that as a lure for Thor and stuff. But, um, and so like, that was one way to raise the stakes, but they kind of undermined that with the jokes in between like absolutely. the kids are these kids are absolutely relaxed but <laughs> uh but the that moment where like he gives them all power and the kids partake in the final climax that yeah. was kind of like a, a air punching moment you're just like yeah great and like if a kid was watching that that would be fantastic to see. Absolutely. Right? You would think that they would enjoy that moment, that they would yeah. feel like I'm yeah. Thor in this moment yeah, as well. Cool. And I and thought, that, I thought those, that played. Yeah, he, he's repeating those lines that his father said yeah. uh, from the first movie whenever he takes his power away. And I thought that was a nice touch too. It was, that, that was a very well played moment. 
Yeah, and I mean, I've really enjoyed that climactic battle. I thought it was handled really well for the most part. I thought the end was pretty good for the most part, too. Um, I was surprised at how much I was enjoying myself in those last like 10, 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Because uh, I hated every minute leading up to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it had a strong ending. I enjoyed him running off into the sunset kind of with his uh, uh, quote unquote daughter or whatever right love um love the love and thunder that, that was his daughter in real life by the way that's true yeah. that's true cool. yeah oh another thing we're talking about christian bale uh it, i remember him saying that oh my kids were the ones that really made me do this movie you right. know what i mean they really wanted me to and it's like <laughs> you see that gun coming in uh, the side of the screen <laughs> yeah you're like damn no wonder he's like so over it in the press junket or whatever he's just like yeah and then i did this movie yeah <laughs> it's just like such a waste but anyway uh yeah so those are the moments i enjoyed uh, i one of my favorite moments honestly i think say it russell crowe russell oh. crowe fucking nailed it in this movie uh you yeah. know i've been i've always been i've been a long time fan of russell crowe I, like i've always been excited to see what he comes up with next and he, I don't think I've ever seen him do such a comedic performance. He obviously did the nice guys with Ryan Gosling a few years back. Right. Uh, but this, he, you could just tell he was having a good time. And I don't think, if there's one thing you can take away from this movie, I think a lot of people had a good time making it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that, that, yes. Or at least the cast did. Maybe not the visual effects crew. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you definitely get one that thing you can expect sure. from, yeah, yeah. You one thing you can expect from Taika Waititi is kind of like a kind of laid back set, and to see Russell Crowe to take on this like such a, a flamboyant yeah. and fun like role and pulls it off so well. Like you, you can have some actors try to be funny, and it's you're just like, I, I mean, you guys may not agree, but. I thought he rocked it, and I just like had a big cheesy grin on my face, and I was very glad to see him in the post credit sting still alive. So, uh, bring that on! Shout out to Brett Goldstein, by the way, who's gonna be fucking hurt. Roy fucking Kent, he's here. Roy he's there. He's, there. he's, he's there. everywhere. He's every fucking where. He's every fucking where. <laughs> it, uh... I know. That's the I first thing wait. I thought of too. I was like, Roy that was such Kent. like he's I, here. He's I there. Was... He's every fucking where. Man, I was so vocal in that moment. Yeah. Everybody, like everybody in my crew, just like looked at me. I couldn't I was believe like, it. He's from when Ted he sh- Lasso. I couldn't believe couldn't this be... boy showed up as fucking Hercules. I was like, Roy, what? What are you doing here? Yeah. What a role to like go against like typecast. Like, Absolutely. I would. You'd think he would like scoff at doing a Marvel movie, let alone playing Hercules. This is the beautiful thing: is we didn't get any spoilers about this. You know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. this character's going to play Hercules. It was a complete shock, and I love those yeah. moments where you're like, "Whoa!" Like you get the. But news it's what of I'm it. excited about. Yeah. Like, where if I had seen Harry Styles show up at the end of Eternals in theaters, I would have been like, "Fuck." Uh, but I saw I saw him and I was like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, you know, Ed, going off of what you were saying about Russell Crowe, because I loved it too. Uh, I have a friend Good. who's from um, Australia, and he was commenting that he was doing a ripoff imitation of this guy from the comedy company 
uh, of a character called Khan the Fruitier-er. Uh I'm going to send you a link of it, and you guys can check it out later. But when I watched okay. the video, I was like, oh, this is uh, this does look like what Russell Crowe was doing. Not to take away like from accent what... or just like the performance. Like yeah, like the accent, a little bit of the mannerisms. You know, it was if as if like I wanted to do Christopher Walken for a movie, and people were like, "Oh, he's doing Christopher Walken." Um, yeah, okay. you know, because oh, Russell right. Crowe Russell Crowe's Australian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my buddy's Australian, and he commented it. Maybe it might have been like something in the zeitgeist. Uh, and so I was like, "Oh, what an interesting take!" Because I'm not from Australia, but you know the culture of it. Uh, I'm literally going to to slack the uh, slack. I'm literally going to text you guys this right now, and you can watch it later. Um, Miguel, what did you think of Russell Crowe? Oh, okay. So Russell Crowe, that was the other small thing that I, small, tiny bit of joy that I had <laughs> in this movie. Uh, he was a lot of fun. The bit about him like swinging the, the lightning back and forth and up and down. <laughs> oh, that was so fucking Very, funny. That was like a gag. That was a gag that worked. You know what I mean? So in the yeah. moment, I was appreciating it. And, and again, he, like to Ed's point, he did look like he was having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, I loved the accent for him. It was something yeah. that I yeah. didn't, too. I didn't too. think I about at all. I imagined like uh, Zeus from Hercules, the cartoon, is like ripped torn. He's got this really deep oh, voice man, or whatever. Yeah. And the fact that he put on this like Greek accent, which is <laughs> yes, like, of course, so dude, of course, of course so he would do that. Uh, no. And he's like, Cool it, baby. Yeah. Cool it, yeah. <laughs> so I was good. like Russell. Yeah, I was man. having I was having a good time, and the fact that he was like I know Russell Crowe's put on a little bit of weight, but I loved the fact that Zeus was fat a little. No, you know? me too. Yeah. It's so, the character. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm just like oh my goodness, I know it's maybe like stereotypical like fat Greek man or whatever, but I was having not really. But I was he, having a well. I mean, I'm just saying like all those Greek gods, apart from Dionysus, are portrayed as like hulking like six pack abs and all of that kind of like every like jesus christ on a crucifix like they look hot um <laughs> not like on a crucifix no, but you know I what know, i mean i like, know what you're saying yes of course they're like yeah, godlike they're imagery they're yeah like yeah. no i agree and, and like again just a wasted opportunity to have like some dramatic heft have, have all Russell this comedy Crow comedy 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 victim. Boom! Yeah. Drama. Some real shit's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm glad you guys like that. At least I, I was excited for Russell. I did have a thought about the Hercules scene at the end, um, but before I share it, Luis. Yes. Why don't you take those headphones off for a second? Because I don't want to spoil something for you. What are you talking about? Spoil what? We gonna spoil? Do it. I want to hear it. Um, so at the end of God of wait, War, wait, how am I supposed to know when to come back? Oh, I'll, I'll, okay. we'll wave. We'll okay, wave I, I, I'll yeah. look at your wave. I'm actually gonna okay. turn it off right here. Headphones off. Don't don't bullshit. Okay, okay. Um, I can't hear it. Yeah. So at the end of at the end of God of War, uh, they they talk about uh, I think they talk about Zeus a little bit, or they talk the about he's playing right now. Uh, they talk about um, uh, the sons of Zeus. Uh, uh, Kratos fights them a lot throughout the game. And Ooh. at the very end of the game, after the credits, um, they cut forward in time and Thor shows up at the very end. And you only know it's Thor because they show a shot of his hammer. And so uh, it was, you know what I mean? That's how I felt at the end of this movie. Okay, you can watch it back now. So that's how. Yeah, like you're seeing all those characters come up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the fact Ooh. that Hercules was at the end of this movie is how I felt at the end of what I was just saying. That's awesome. Uh, Luis. Wait, do I have to watch a show to understand what your reference you're making? No, no, no. 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 
You'll be glad you didn't hear it because you've got something to look forward to, my friend. Okay. Okay, that's, cool. That's I'm all excited. you need to know. Okay, good. I'll, Just in life. In life? I'm so... Okay, great. Uh, listen, I, I had it. Yeah. What else? Uh, I love. Oh, this is one thing we didn't talk about that I really loved about this is uh, Stormbreaker. How jealous he was uh, every time he was kind of joking. Like, mm, I, of course, I love you. You know what I mean? I, I love that one shot where he's kind of talking about Mjolnir and then Stormbreaker just like peeks right into the camera. That's a good shot where it's like it's it's on sticks and it's there. And then you clearly have Stormbreaker just peeking into the shot. Uh, I love I loved the dynamic between him and Stormbreaker in this movie. I think I, I think that was funny. Um, Miguel, did you hate that? Oh, I hated every bit. No, of that. come on! <laughs> hey, but that wasn't played so slapsticky. It was played. I, I it was played say, a little bit more like a nuancey. You know what I mean? Or no? You don't think so? I, he was quieter about it. I don't think there was the word nuance should not be used in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I will. On this one, I have to agree with Luis. I thought, it's a good. It's a good. I got bit. a tickle. I, get tickle. I, I got a good tickle. Like the more they did it, I was just like, "All right." Like, I mean, it's completely just like random. Like they haven't it's alluded so to this before. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm imagining now, Miguel, that you actually hated the screaming goats. Hated it, I, dude. There was someone I, behind me who fucking loved every single time they did I it. Bet, I bet. I, for me, it wasn't as but, much, but like they were like anytime on cue, boom, huge laugh. I, I will say, like, I it got a good giggle out of me most of the time. Towards the end, I was just like, yes. now is not the time." Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I pre. I, if anything, you have to respect their commitment, but um. The yeah. the the first and I had been hearing about these goddamn goats leading up to seeing this movie, and when they first came on, <laughs> I died. Like I was dying with laughter, and Bryce was wondering what the fuck was wrong with me. Um, like I knew thought, it. he probably thought I was having an asthma attack. Were you like was... tears in your eyes, crying about this? No, not quite tears, but I just like had a good chuckle about it, and then. From every time after, I was like, okay, I get it. And then, to what, like I said, towards the end, I was just not tired of it, but I was just like, you didn't need that joke there. You didn't need that joke there. Um, to, anyway, me, but... to me, the very first time they were introduced was hilarious, and then the interaction with them and the Guardians where Nebula's like, I'm going to shoot it, or whatever. <laughs> um, I thought that was a really good bit. I and know you the, guys love Nebula. Uh, yeah, she's one of my favorites. I can't wait to see more about her in Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, the only other time it made me laugh was when they <laughs> when they ran into the planet. <laughs> oh, yes, that was funny. That, that was a good bit to me. Can I, I, other than that, I was cold. I'm going to be such a pretentious The first time snore. it showed up, it, it was funny, but it that kept going. Good. It kept going, yeah. It's yeah, that, when, that, when they crashed into the planet, the, that was literally fun. the first thing I thought of was Rick and Morty. Because they did that in uh, that show. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. I just, just saying. Um, listen. Uh, so, uh, what's it called? Do we want to do? Um, bah, 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 bah. We also have other friends who have listened to this. We do. Pod. We want to hear from them. Uh, we've got some reviews. Ed, you saw it with some friends. Do you want to? I did. Their I reviews? went to go. Yes. Uh, I'll make this qu- quick. Uh, I saw the movie with our good friends, uh, Mike Lindauer. Bryce Perkins and Chase Austin of the uh, Movie Gap podcast, and uh, we definitely all had varying opinions. Uh, I feel like 
me. Uh, Chase definitely was the most vocal about it coming out of the movie. Um, but uh, so anyway, yeah, I have three audio clips. I'm going to play one because the other two I fucked up royally. Um, <laughs> so here, the first opinion is uh, from Mike. Uh, here's his opinions coming to you right now. Mike, what were your initial thoughts? I really liked it. It was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. There was a lot more uh, fighting scenes, which I really liked. Any favorite moments in particular? Like, what stood out? Um, dang, that's a tough one. There was a lot. I would say uh, probably Christian Bale and his performance was yeah. probably my favorite part. He was yeah. a really good villain. He played that creepy role up really nicely. Anything he didn't like? Oh, man. <laughs> Some of the jokes were kind of corny, but I guess that's <laughs> to be assumed in a DC or Marvel movie. You just called it a DC I movie. Know, I know, I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so over, overall, thumbs up? Yeah, thumbs up. Should right. go watch. All right. So Mike was, uh, you know, he was pretty up on it. He enjoyed it. Um one thing I did want to mention is he uh, he told me today that he thought it would have played better as a TV show. Miguel, you mentioned two movies, uh, but he said, like, since Marvel is doing all of this stuff, the way the comedy was played out and the way that the movie kind of came together, listen, it may have been better as a show. I'm going to re- say this again, but, like, if this show pops up on TNT, Comedy Central, whatever, uh, while you're watching just, like, TV... I think it's a fun show just to have in the background and to like, yeah, if it pops up sure. like while you're doing something and you're like, you know what? I'll keep it on. Step away, yeah. come back. I think it, I think it fits for that kind of blood feeling. You know what I mean? That experience. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so moving on chase, uh, as I said, he, <laughs> he came back to me today with some like more refined opinions on it. Uh, but he, and I think this was the same for all three of them. Uh, he agreed Christian Bale was excellent. Uh, he did say, if you're not going to take the movie seriously, then why are we watching? Like, Absolutely. Just... Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. yeah. Good. Hey, you need yeah. to get in touch with Chase. Maybe no. we need to just have like a spoilerific uh, podcast on this. But, Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, finally, and again, this is just kind of like a snippet of everything he told me. It was not a good movie. He thought Thor Doe was better, as in two. Oh. No. <laughs> All right, and finally, uh Bryce Perkins <laughs> of the movie uh of the movie gap, um he said <clears throat> it was a weird film. I enjoyed it, but it's a bad film. Uh it's like a cupcake, sweet and delicious but no sustenance. Mm. I'm still oh. hungry. I'm still hungry at the end of it. I like that. Wow. Okay, Bryce. Um, yeah. Hey, uh a few years in the movie gap has made him a connoisseur of movies Um, Uh, and I I think that just kind of nailed it on the head like I was saying earlier it's just kind of it's entertaining there's some laughs throughout but overall I struggle to see it as a truly good movie absolutely I mean again yeah the humor undercuts all the emotional stuff as somebody Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, I wanted to say two I wanted to have two sections here actually three I'm sorry I'm taking it over it's my podcast it's fine um okay it, the way that i would have loved to see it this is the louis time where he would have thought it would be great uh well first off again let's precursor to that 
I think as the more Marvel movies that come out, the more like critical we become because we love Marvel and we want it to be the best. You know, we we are critiquing it because we love it and we want it to be so good. Endgame came out, Infinity War came out. It was such a stellar movie that we want things to live up to those expectations that when they don't, we're like, hey, what's happening, you know? Uh, so here's kind of what I was thinking. First off, expand that gore story. Give me a little bit more trauma. Give me a little bit more pain. I want to feel that pain more. I want Thor yeah. to uh, be finding himself more, not fighting as much. And then Jane, uh, she sees some real shit go down, but the Avengers are gone. No Iron Man, no Captain America, Doctor Strange is gone, Spider-Man's dealing with some issues, and she's like, we need some help. She quote-unquote prays to Thor, can't reach Thor, but Mjolnir flies to her and gives her power. You know what I mean? So in the movie, she's like, what can I do to solve my cancer? You know? And she goes out to uh, New Asgard to find Mjolnir. And I feel like that's a way for her to cure herself. But in the comics, Jane Foster is becomes Thor because she wants to do good. And I feel like if Jane Foster came into it, like, I don't care that I have cancer. I want to protect the world. I want to save the world. And it can go into, into um, this whole promise where Thor was like, Mjolnir, keep her safe. And if Jane wants to help the world, Mjolnir should have just flown to her making her the mighty Thor instead of it being like, let me find a way to, to selfishly save myself. It, we want Jane mm. to be selfless in her actions yeah. to become the Thor. She does do this at the end of the movie. Anyway, that's what I think should happen. Of course, we want Gore to uh, kill more gods, kill gods of Nipotent City, find out about eternity, and then Jane pushing Thor to be a better god. I think that was a story in uh, when Jane was the god when it was Mighty Thor in the comics. I think that's super cool. Like Thor, our Thor, Chris Thor is like struggling with a midlife crisis. What does he want to do? You know, do I want to be a god? Do I want to do this? I don't know. And Jane, who is the heart, and she's the new Thor, the one who's able to hold Mjolnir, says, "Hey, dude, you got to get your shit together. You know what I mean? You got to become Thor, and you got to still be the god of thunder." And so when she makes her sacrifice at the end, it hits more. And so I just want a little bit more of that selflessness of Jane wanting to save lives instead of her wanting to find a cure. They kind of do it at the end. Anyway, that's what I was hoping for. Final pitch. Please go watch. Please go read Thor, God of Thunder. There are these two volumes. So good. We have three Thors in there. Past, present, future. Now we're entering to another segment I want to talk about. The lore. In these movies, okay? Number one, interesting thing to talk about. The shadow monsters, okay? The sword that uh, Gore is is pulling out of, you know that, like, black god, the... Uh, the Necrosword. The Necrosword. Um, uh, where is this note that I have? It's gone. Whatever. The all-black. The all-black Necrosword. That is actually the original uh, guy who creates Venom and all the symbiotes. Okay, so yeah. when I saw the shadow monsters come out, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. What a perfect introduction to Venom and the symbiotes, because he was kind of controlling them as they were doing. They were all kind of a hive mindy vibe. And I thought we were introducing the symbiotes uh, with the Necrosword, because the Necrosword comes from the god of Null, uh, and he is the creator of Venom and all of those symbiotes. So didn't happen. Thought it would have been cool. Symbiote creatures. Uh, Necrosword. Yeah, what's up? Hit me. The Necrosword. Um, you guys will recall the great Marvel movie, The Eternals. 
Yes. Um, is that um, is that the same sword or a similar sword to the one that Kit Harrington is uh, given? Different sword. That is a different sword, but it's almost it's it's a different sword. I'll say that. That's all I'll say. Altogether, uh, yeah. like not even the symbiote thing. Or I don't. Anything like that. I I because I know I, he's supposed to be the Black Knight, right? And it does corrupt the person who wields it. So there is a similarity yeah. in the same. I, as at this point, but they're not the same. At this point, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Please, viewers, let me know if we are incorrect. We will adjust that next week. But no, uh, it's just something different. But I will say the Necro Sword was something that Hela from Thor Ragnarok was wielding. Oh. And if you are watching What If, the second episode when Black Panther becomes Star Lord. Uh, there was a scene when the collector says, um, mentions something about, ooh, I have the Necrosword from the Queen of Death herself, Hela. And he's wielding those fucking like daggers, those obsidian daggers. That is quote unquote a Necrosword. And I thought there would have been some sort of connection between that and this one. Uh, but I guess they're, they're differentiating between the all black, quote unquote, the all black Necrosword, which is the one he has, and the Necrosword that Hela uh from thor ragnarok had there's that thing uh at the end of the movie we see jane in um valhalla um in the comics jane oh, yeah. will return as valkyrie and sh as valkyrie in the sense that she brings souls into valhalla so she uh loses her uh role as thor and she becomes valkyrie and she helps bring souls into valhalla so who knows if this is something that they're going to lead to where Jane becomes quote unquote Valkyrie and uh, bring people to, you know, this, this quote unquote heaven. Uh, you guys talked about Thor kind of giving the power to the kids. Um, since Odin is dead, Odin did have Odin power. He was able to have all this magical power. He was able to give people. And this is kind of alluding to the fact that Thor is now becoming like Odin uh, where it's like he should be, taking kind of the quote in the comics quote-unquote king thor uh he's having his odin power but it's thor power um and then finally i'm gonna call this out um young avengers okay with love now here as uh, a quote-unquote like force to deal with um we're gonna have so many young avengers to deal with we have yelena the new black widow kate bishop the new hawkeye america chavez uh wanda's wanda's uh kids uh from wandavision are they there yes they're mm -hmm. they're uh they're wiccan and um oh my god i forget the other one the fast one but he's also a young avenger flash. no not the flash uh iron heart <laughs> is coming out kamala khan which is miss marvel mm -hmm. who just came out she is also involved and then love herself so i mean we have a full stack of people who could be quote unquote the young avengers um in the future here I just wanted to throw out some lore knowledge of what could, what could not happen, what could be a thing. And finally, I'm going to say I build out this Lego here. Look at, this, <gasps> look at this monstrosity. Go to YouTube.com and look up Punch Drunk Nerd. I build out a Lego or Spotify. Look at this thing. What is this supposed to be? It. Is this supposed it's to be a, a shadow monster? This, is not, this did not appear in the movie. I can tell you that. Uh... Was that a set, or did you do that freehand? No, this was part of the twenty dollars set. This was the attack on New, oh. New Asgard. The oh, attack on okay. New Asgard, the, and you had those like shadow monsters. This was not part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did get a cool minifig. 
I got, I got, uh, hell Jane. yeah. I got Jane, oh. as, which, which is really what I wanted. I wanted the minifigs. I got Jane here. Hey, minifigs are great. I got to Thor oh. in his new blue oh. suit. Unfortunately, I want the the one where he's in the other thing. That's and still cool, though. It's, You've it, got it's still cool. And then I have the I have Gore here cool? with his necro oh, with his man. all black necro sword. I am very jealous right now. It's twenty bucks. It's easy to get. It was a fun, quick build. So it's three and the monster, three and the monster that you never actually see in the movie. Uh, but he has <laughs> a lot of good articulation, not only in the shoulders. But in between the arms as well, you know what I mean. So he's got a lot of yeah, like yeah, yeah. fun movements, and he's got these like little. I mean, welcome to Lego. Exactly, yeah. Welcome to Lego. <laughs> uh, it's funny because Ed uh, got me into Lego with um, the scene from Avengers Endgame when Thor is like super fat and he's playing Fortnite. Um, yeah, that 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 From scene. It's like, a, it's like a diorama of him with Korg uh, and Meeks. Um, and so now I get a new Thor with, you know, with Stormbreaker, and I love to add him to my edition. So go to YouTube, look up Punch Drunk Nerd, you'll see what I'm talking about, or go to Spotify, we'll have video clips of that. Um, listen, that's all I wanted to say about Thor Love and Thunder. Do you guys have any closing statements about it before we move on? Nope. I just think they did too many jokes. No. Yeah. yeah no, no i mean look that's i'm, I'm joking i'm joking okay no, but you, i don't yeah. no, i don't want to talk about this anymore yeah kind of really though um yeah <laughs> okay no, i agree we talked a lot uh, we, a little we disappointed a lot. We, we talked a lot because we yeah. feel a lot because we love it a lot listen mm -hmm. we do love it a lot um so we're going to move on to the final segment here what we are into uh miguel you know hit us up what's the update what's what, what are you watching baby I oh wait a, a second you here goes a i knew it was coming oh i don't even i wasn't even gonna get offended i was like yeah let him let him go just i need a, i do it. need another drink it's always around when you talk i need another drink well you know what why uh, don't you go okay, to get okay. a drink and me and miguel can have a quick talk about god of war if you want oh yeah go ahead do you want to do that do you want to go get out of here yeah fuck right here, off all right, we're having a God of War update. Where you at? Where you at? Okay, Please. so I... Oh, mute, mute Ed, mute Ed. Oh, yeah, let me mute Ed. Hold on, let me go... He's muted. Um, so the last time we talked, we were at Looking for the Light at Alfheim, whatever. Like yeah, you were in the... Elves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just finished that. I just finished that. Uh, I'm done it's out of so that. long. I know. I finally got to the peak of the mountain, and now I'm trying to get to Jotunheim. And I'm trying yep. to reach the toppest peak, which is the goal, right? The top, the, the mm -hmm. goal is to reach mm -hmm. the toppest peak. Um, yeah. So now I'm trying to get access to Jotunheim, but man, I am uh, getting so much XP. I'm learning so many more moves. Yeah, so, you and, are. I, and my biggest thing is I really wanted to um, improve my son's character because I use yeah, him a yeah. lot. I use him a lot to stun things and I stun them and then I attack them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. That's right. Yeah, you Stun, do. attack. Stun, attack. Stun, attack. Dude. And then now he's doing moves <laughs> where he's like attacking characters that I'm not even dealing with, which I love. Um, What's great is, yeah, as he, as you get more into the story, he kind of starts doing it all on his own. Yeah. And it's nice. As he, Do you have the thing where he like, he does, he has certain like special powers, like the big power ups or whatever. I think one of them, like these like wolves, these ghost wolves yes. come out of him. I do have yeah. that. And, and you know what? Recently, I just got to the point where he has a new arrow, um, mm -hmm. like, uh, like ability where before mm -hmm. it was just like this. Um, I don't know. He shoots at a crystal and it creates a bridge, but now he mm -hmm. has this electricity 
um, yes. arrow. But what's really cool is I had to fight a fucking dragon. And that you fought was, the dragon. Dude, what I love about this game is I love the scale. That, I love the scale. Dude, I love. I, I wish absolutely. I was playing on a projector when I was fighting the dragon. And like it was so much fun. It was difficult, but it was so much fun to um, to fight him. But I beat him, and now I'm trying to get a Jotunheim. And I'm in the journey right now. We're trying to, like, I cut off that dude's head, and um, <coughs> I reanimated him. But that's my journey. I'm in Jotunheim. I don't, mm. where, where am I? Am I, like, a quarter of the way through? Do I still have, like, three-fourths left in the game? Or what's going on? So I remember at that moment, and even upon, like, replaying it, you do kind of get the sense, like, oh, I must be close, because they keep kind of telling you, like, this is like the last step of your journey. Uh, you're probably a little less than halfway. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but there's quite a bit more of story to go. And it gets really good. The dynamic between the father and son. The, Dude, this, the yeah. Oh, bro. The father won't let up. Like? The father won't let up. He needs to give his son a break. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Uh, no. The... There's so much left to be uncovered. I'm always surprised when I get to that point about how much is left in the game. Um, so, yeah, keep going. You're in a really great spot. That's one of my favorite levels is the the elf mine or whatever they call it. Yeah. Not elves. Um, uh, uh, not gremlins. Why am I blanking on the name of whatever those creatures are supposed to be? Um, the, the the dwarves. What's his name? What's his name? The short beardy guy from Lord of the Rings was the, one of the them. Trolls. No. 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 Uh, it doesn't dwarf, matter. The it dwarf, matter. They're dwarves. They build. The yes. dwarves build. Yes. Similarly to Thor. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I was interesting because they. they um, I just unlocked something from Mulsalfheim. I don't know Mulsalf Mulsalfheim. It's like the the realm of fire. Um, it's all really all I know about this is because of Thor from Marvel. So I thought, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the new, new the new game, uh, Thor Ragnarok was gonna have to deal with the realm of fire, because mm. in Thor Ragnarok, you know, that's the dude who does Ragnarok is the guy from the realm of fire from Mulsifyn. Uh, but then I unlocked something and I was like, you have all the runics. Uh, anyway, dude, I, I, I'm keep at it. It's a ton of fun. You're a lot further in the game than I thought you were going to be yeah. at this point. So I really, I really dude. wanted to get past that section in this podcast. I want to be like, okay, I need to get past that. Uh, the 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 whatever, what the witch, the witch, yeah, and the turtle. She comes back. They come back. You'll enjoy that. So we're we're doing uh, good. So we're trying just, to get to Jotunheim. Uh, but now that Ed is back in the uh, video, we're going to go what we're into. Uh, back to Miguel. What have you been into? Get an update. On okay, you. so I said this. I said this last week. Uh, I was watching Mad Men and I was telling you how I'm just kind of not sure if I'm into it. It's really slow. It's really drawn out. Uh, it's this like really slow character study period piece, which is like words that like kill me. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So I just finished season one and I have to say it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh -huh. It has a really good ending. Uh, the characters are all in really great places. Uh, it made me a little bit excited for season two, although I am currently taking a break because there's so many other shows that I'm trying yeah. to watch right now, especially like The Boys, Stranger oh, Things, yes. yada, yada. Yeah, like yeah. I'm trying to do all that. And it's hard to when, you, when you're stuck in these uh, long drawn out episodes of Mad Men. I, but uh, I've been having a good time. Solid. I'm definitely going to come back to season two and I will probably finish the story because it's like, OK, I'm hooked. Uh, they also I think we might have mentioned this last week. I don't remember. Uh, there's a lot of like, uh, 
fun references to the time. Like I think we might have mentioned this. Like they talk about the the gaslight. Yeah. Um, they talk about Lenny Bruce. These are all characters and places in Marvelous Miss Maisel as well. So, uh, yeah, just to put a button on it, I did finish Mad Men season one. I've been busy moving. I haven't had much else going on. Listen, I, I did yeah. also just start playing The Last of Us Part Two, but just as Ooh. like a, I just need something to do because I've played it before. Listen, if you get to season, if you're going past season three of Mad Men, let me know. I will join you because I don't think I got past season three. I mean, okay. look, it's a long journey. I think they got There's seven so many. seasons. There's so I think many. they have seven yeah. seasons. Yeah. Top of my head. I, I may not. I may not finish the whole thing. But uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it is difficult. You know, I will be talking about the boys. I feel like that is like a perfect show to watch. Uh, but Miguel, you know, we thank you for giving me what you're into. Ed, let us talk about what you've been into. Okay. What have we been into? What have Which we been into? The most pressing thing that wrapped up today with its season finale is uh, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Which, what a delightful little show. Oh, what um, I have to say, like, of all the Marvel shows, this might be the most satisfying from beginning to end. Interesting. Um, I really kind of fell in love with the character, um, Iman Delani. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, I hope I am. Yeah. Um, I think she's really great. I think she is completely and utterly, uh, just like endearing as a character. Yeah, I agree. She plays it so well. She's, uh, completely lovable. Um, and the show I felt did a where so many of these shows marvel and star wars alike and note that this is just seems to be a problem with disney right now where we there's always an episode or two where i feel we mm. feel like they need to trim the fat right like totally. this is just a filler episode everything i felt with this show for the most part was very organic very just like natural, it yep. flowed. There was a constant drive in the story, mm-hmm. yep. and it kept me invested for the most part. I think the like least exciting thing about it was the uh, villains, if you can even call it right, that. Right, right, right. But right. overall, I found the story like utterly endearing. The friends and family, uh, her friends and family. I mean, yes. uh, us so well developed and her relationship to them like they're not just like characters who are just kind of shoved in there like you feel that sense of loyalty and devotion to that's true both her like her parents are wonderful <laughs> uh, I, like I, in a stark I, contrast I, I, to I having do, got out of moonlight i do uh um love her her parents i think they do a fantastic yeah. job in the show I think they're one of my favorite parts of the show. It's such a good point. Yeah. Like it, you're right, there is no wasted uh, episode. Um, it feels like every time you see something, there are pushing towards something. Um, the story's going somewhere constantly. I yes, feel like I agree. I will say, you know, to counterpoint, and again, you know, we've had more. We've had over a hundred hours of Marvel, so now we're like, this is our baby. We want it to be good. This is plus, yeah, um, and, and and we and it's just I I've come to realize that listen, not everything's going to be Endgame. I think no. When the third act came and she finally got in her costume, I was like, fuck yeah, let's fucking do this. And she's jumping around, 
being Miss Marvel in her full self. I was excited. Um, but yeah. you know, as being a Disney Plus show and on Disney Plus thing, I felt like um they were narratively like very point to point. Like we gotta get to this narrative point, to this narrative point, yeah. to this narrative point. They're on the yeah. nose and they were doing everything in the most efficient way possible. Um, uh, even like narratively and even shot wise, where it was like <clears throat> I'm going to talk about it later, but I'm watching shows like The Boys or I'm watching The Umbrella Academy where they are taking opportunities to do things like to showcase things in fun, interesting ways. And I hear it was like mid, mid, mid and like just kind of like, you know, I would have loved to see some diversity, but they did everything so efficiently and they do it in a fun way, which makes you want to go on. And the characters are fun too. I was gonna say, but it was very. Yeah, it does have point, some like point, 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 yeah. point, efficient, 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 efficient. Which I was like, okay, I, I wish I would have had a little bit more creativity to it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Well, to your point, I feel like this definitely had its own unique style to it. I, agreed. Agreed. Uh, almost in a very um, Edgar Wright way. Especially the if first, that makes sense, kind of like the first episodes and the then first the episode, yeah, yeah, like a Scott yes, Pilgrim, exactly. Scott Pilgrim, and yeah, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of, and it has hints of that throughout. Though I'll I'll grant you, it it, it kind of it, it kind of sheds that going into when it as the more it goes into its plot, right? Um, and you're right, it it it, it does kind of go like yes, point to point to point. But it does feel natural. Mm-hmm. It feels like a natural growth. Uh, like you said, when they finally reveal her costume, right. it it feels like it was organically done. It wasn't just like a fucking armor upgrade, like at the end of Mandalorian every episode. Right. Like, it was, it was earned. Um, you felt her growing yeah. as a new coming superhero, like we got to see that growth, and also the embrace of the uh, her culture, obviously. And yeah, I love that. Part. You know, you know me. Showcasing I'm like a it. sucker for uh, history, but for they actually spent like a good deal of time dealing with the um, the India and Pakistan partition. I, in I, the I 40s. loved that. I had no idea about that history, and and to understand a little bit more of that was so enlightening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that. No, brought- as a as a as a British man who you know who whose invaded? country inflicted okay. that on those <laughs> no I mean the partition <laughs> the partition was primarily England's fault mm-hmm. like it was because of their policies that that was such a disaster like there were nearly like two million deaths involved in that in that transition alone and uh, you obviously don't hear it or see it a lot and to see it in a marvel show what's more and kind of done very well i thought yeah yeah uh, like those episodes where they're actually in pakistan uh and they have that flashback episode i've always done really well i think the again the i didn't think the villains were very compelling i didn't fully understand what they were trying to go out and achieve i understand that the agency at the end of the day, mm-hmm. was kind of like the main villain. Uh, what what is it called? The control or the incident control? Uh, control damage. 
right? Uh, yeah, damage control. Damage control. Yeah. Uh, it was the same guy from Spider-Man: No Way Home. Exactly, and the same department that uh, shut down in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming with Michael Keaton's character when he was uh, taking things. Oh, that's apart. right. That is the same. Yeah. That is the same department that said. That's hey. the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. Group, yeah. I got you. Um, and that was good, but I liked the like the the last episode where they have the high school. Uh, kind of stakeout where they're they're pulling those agents into the building. It's kind of uh, like a home alone, like a home alone situation. situation. What what a bunch yeah, of incompetent was... agents, though. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, oh, I was watching. Absolutely. I was like, what? Uh, these are guys are not trained at all. This is the thing. It, these, idiots. Yeah, these characters are. You're right. These characters are so sincere, so unique, and there's not a wasted episode, which is like really great to see when you get so many wasted episodes in Disney Plus sometimes. Um, but you know, they do things so efficiently on the point, not a lot to creative damage. So it's really a fun balance. It's really interesting balance between like, you're doing a good job with this, but also you're kind of like, I don't know, CW ish this way too. And also, you know, checking off the, doing the checklist as they go along. But you're right. I mean, these characters are fun. They're endearing. They're so honest and genuine that you kind of get pulled into it, even though. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't think. I don't think by any means it was groundbreaking, but it was solid, and it, like you said, it was genuine. It came from like a genuine place, and you, I, I, I came away thinking like I learned something about not only this character, it, totally, uh, but the culture. It, and yeah, it's like a, a nice big warm hug, just like hey, this is the other side to Islam, yeah, kind of thing where. In so many shows and movies, you know, there's a very just like one dimensional look at other religions, uh, especially Islam. Absolutely. Uh, especially Islam in America. So it was, it was nice and yeah, uh, very, it was an easy watch. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, I think, I can't, fo- I think a show like this, you know, I was surprised how long this show was. Every time I tuned in, I was like, damn, I really have to commit like 50 minutes, 40 minutes to the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would have been nice if this was a little bit like 30, uh, like it felt like it could have been like a 30 minute or something. Yeah. Um, but sure. I, no, yeah, I, like you said, easy watch, easy listen. I think there's some cool stuff with, um, what's it called? The suit comes from the mom, but the name comes yeah. from the dad, which I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah. Somebody called that out online. And and listen, we have to talk about two big things. And Miguel, I don't know if you care about spoilers. And audience members, I don't know if you care about spoilers. <laughs> we but know Miguel huge, doesn't care incredi- about spoilers. Huge, huge, huge. It's going to be a huge spoiler here. Fast forward. But we finally get our introduction into the mutants. Okay. We oh. even got the music of X-Men being played in the fucking song. They were saying, listen, uh, uh, Kamala, there's not only something inside you, but there's some sort of mutation within you. Ooh. And then when that line was said, we heard the sound cue. <laughs> yes. Oh, dude. That's you, heard, you heard that. <laughs> and that's the second time they've done that. The first time was uh, in Doctor yeah. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Oh, and here's the second time. A- and they they were keeping that under like uh they were being very secretive. I think even the person who was playing that character who said that line didn't even know he was going to say that line until he was close to set. Um, but yeah, I mean we are clearly now 
working our way towards the mutants where Miss Marvel yeah. was a inhuman character in the comics, but they're changing it where now, hey, she's a mutant. She's actually a mutant. And that's that that makes because I think that was the question when you're watching it. You're like, well, why couldn't anybody else in her family hold that bangle and have her abilities? Yeah. You know, like could her mom do it? Could her brother do it? You know, why come why was it that only Kamala can have that ability? It's because she is also a mutant. And that was pretty cool when it happened. Yeah. Uh, another big reveal, obviously, at the end, we know that Miss Marvel is going to be in the movie The Marvels. So, who do you expect to see at the end of the end credits? Miguel, who would you expect to see at the end of those end credits? Brie Larson. Exactly. We got ourselves a taste of Zabri Larson. She shows up at the end. Um, Easy versus. Yeah. <laughs> she, she shows up at the end, and uh, we don't really know what's going on. Uh, Kamala wakes up. She sees her bangle kind of freak out. And then, in some weird, like, I don't know, twisted way, she like shrinks into some weird way. And then, out of nowhere, uh, Captain Marvel appears into her room. And so, it looks like there's some, some sort of like substitution effect that's happened, some sort of like yeah. swapping places effect that's happened. Yeah. yeah, they swapped places. Uh, so, they're clearly setting up for Miss Marvel. I see Captain Marvel appear, and I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready for. I'm ready for another. I'm ready for this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I got. Oh, oh, I also yep. want to say that uh, oh. it's interesting with the uh, damage control situation because they're hunting down powered people. That anybody yep. who's powered, they're hunting them down, which is the perfect leeway into She-Hulk. As she is dealing ah. with people who are getting legally in trouble, who are super attorney, yeah, yeah, attorney at law. As we have more people who are super powered, who are kind of being trapped. I didn't even think about She Hulk yeah. will come in and she will help those yeah. who are caught in those these kind of situations. Um, Absolutely, that is Miss Marvel. Yes, that's that was our discussion. Ed, what else have you been into? Okay, so, uh, Luis, a couple of weeks back when Miguel was absent, yes, uh, you we talked about The Baby, yes. which you've been watching on HBO. Yeah. I haven't finished it yet, okay. uh, because actually Miss Marvel ended up drawing my attention and focus more, Interesting. and I was trying to catch up on that. Uh, it's an interesting show. It's, uh, inter it's, it's an interesting show, I will is, say that. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, you I you may have mentioned it, but I didn't remember you saying it uh, that it was set in England. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, bestill my heart. <laughs> but um, it was uh, that was a fun surprise, and the the tone of it is very interesting. Yeah. It's very darkly comic. I've just gone to I want to say episode four. So okay. we've met like the female version of Werner Hot uh, Werner Herzog uh, as the <laughs> I don't know baby killer. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a bizarre show, but I can't help but feel curious of to where it's going to go. Uh, but it's 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 very quick. It moves pretty quickly. Uh -huh. uh, it's very darkly funny, um, and it's got just like very bizarre moments in it. Yeah, and it's like all this terrible, I, uh, like, killings happening, and you cut to the baby, and it's yeah. just a baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, now that you... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the, the baby is done very well. It's not just, like, a shitty CGI baby or anything. Like, 
it's got my interest and i look forward to finishing it and see seeing where it goes i mentioned once you finish yeah. it i'm interested to hear your thoughts at the end uh we can talk about that for sure later. i'll bring it up again i just wanted to kind of like throw it out there that i'm on board uh yeah. and it's not what i expected at all so uh it'll be it'll be interesting uh, the bigger one that I want to talk about is uh, Good Luck Leo Grande or Grand. Uh, it's on. It's a new movie with Emma Thompson on Hulu. Oh, um, right. Sarah and I watched it the other night on the projector. Uh, basically, it's about a um, retired uh, teacher who's uh, uh, maybe like two years a widow, uh, and she didn't have. Uh, that good of a sex life during her 25 plus years of marriage and uh, as such is putting herself out there and hired a sex worker to have sex with her mm. um, and it, basically the movie is based purely around these meetings uh, at, in a hotel room it takes place mostly in a hotel room that they get over the course of four or five uh uh, appointments um and it's just it was actually a really lovely kind of powerful film uh it emma thompson is great as always um like i don't know how this will fare in the oscar season but she is very good she really puts herself out there and you can't help but respect her for it um because it's really a movie about you know encouraging women to uh accept themselves in their natural form and also just like their you know sexual desires and wants and needs that women have just as much as men kind of thing uh even and especially like middle-aged to older women who you know, have, you know, in our generations have spent so much energy on kind of shaming themselves, like, there, there's this, like, stigma about sexuality at past a certain age uh, yeah. with women in real life and, and actresses. Uh, so she really kind of tries to break down those barriers. But it's very, like, uh, naturalistic. It's very funny at times, uh, very sad at times. Uh, shocking um and i need to give credit to the actor who plays the sex worker i'm sorry uh leo grande um in the movie i'm so sorry uh but they Darryl i mean McC it's basically Darryl just McCormick? the thank you yeah. uh, uh it's basically these two throughout most of the movie there are some other characters who come in but it's very brief uh but they have great chemistry together uh, he's really good. I thought he made a good argument for a potential bond uh, mm. in the future. Wow. Uh, he's very charming, uh, obviously very good looking, um, and they both play their roles really well. And so I would just say this, I would recommend it to anybody, any couple who wanted to watch like a sex positive, image positive film at home on hulu yeah. uh miguel uh <laughs> got called out why am i getting called out right now 
purely because it's on Hulu. Oh, oh, <laughs> like, okay. you don't have to go to the theater for this one. Oh, oh, um, I see. Yeah, that's all. No, I, I wouldn't. Want. I wouldn't be seeing this smut in the cinema. To know. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, and no, actually, very... and I gotta say, yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I, I wasn't thinking about this a second ago. But you, you, with, when you're talking about this movie, it made me think about it. The only other thing that I watched this week was something that Kristen <laughs> made me watch. Um, there's this new show on Netflix called um, "How to Build a Sex Room." I think is what it's called. Have you guys heard about this? No, no. And it is a, like an interior home design show where it all centers around a sex room in, in each couple's homes. Uh, they come to like this like sexologist or whatever, and yeah. she like designs these rooms and she sits down with them. She gets to know them, and it is for me like I, I don't want to say like I'm not a prude or anything, but I was just like. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, these people are on TV right now. Like these people have jobs and families right. and they're like, yeah, shove it right at my butt. You know what I mean? You're just like, whoa, okay, this is, uh, this is not for me, but I was just thinking about that. That was the only thing we watched this week. So you guys <laughs> give it a watch. It's on Netflix. How to build a sex, how to build a sex room. <laughs> I'm dying to know what you guys think. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this is kind of along those same lines. It's never, it's never graphic, but it definitely embraces uh, the uh, human form. I'll say I, that much. I challenge so, you. It to... was such a nice, like Sarah really enjoyed it. It was such like just like a nice surprise of a film that was, uh, like I said. Uh, it's definitely less than two hours, and it's centrally located in this uh, hotel room. Yeah, I know. Hey, Hulu, less than two hours. Miguel, there's no reason why you shouldn't watch this. I actually don't watch things on Hulu anymore because... I, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I can't know. win. I can't I know, win. I know. It's just because now I have the free Hulu, so it's like ads, 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 ads. Um, and I'm, no, man. I'm not into it. I, I avoid it like the plague. Well, I wonder what their movies would be like then. I don't know. That's like, why would I don't they play to... all the ads at the beginning. I, I, I imagine either all at the beginning or they're broken up into like just two quick sections in the middle yeah. of the thing. So oh, I don't know. All right. Uh, well, yeah. So that was the big one, and then I made Sarah watch last night in Soho, and I rewatched The Professional, which I did a podcast with uh, Chase and Bryce, the guys I mentioned earlier on the movie Gap. We talked about it. Uh, it's a it's a little favor of mine. Uh, revisiting last night in Soho, which is on HBO Max, uh, I appreciated it more because that movie is so rich with detail mm. and clues. Uh, and I would just recommend uh, if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, but also uh, like thrillers uh, and a visually stunning one at that. Yeah. This is a yeah, yeah. really good movie. I like um, I like last night in Soho because you know we have. Uh, a short, you know, like we have like a God. What am I trying to say? Like a shorthand way of saying certain features in movies. Like, oh, that's very Edgar Wright. You know, these very yeah. quick paced, quick zooms, uh, kind of like styles of filmmaking. Scott Pilgrim, uh, yeah. what's it called? Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz. Like they all kind of carry the same uh, film aesthetic. And I think last yeah. night in Soho, you get to see Edgar Wright kind of expand from that and do something different which is cool but he's yeah. able to keep like a very um i don't know 
you could tell like he, this is a guy who knows how to do film and that's what i really yeah. enjoy about los angeles soho is like this guy and he loves foot yeah yeah and he's trying to do something new and he's expanding and you get to see it and it's cool i think and i think it shows a lot of promise it's not by any means like a perfect film um but i i i totally agree there, with yeah. what you just said it, it's a good like step away from what we're used yes. to yeah for him Full of intention. And, and, full of intention. Yeah. Exactly. So, like I said, it was like so rich with detail, and like I've listened to a lot of like interviews and spoiler podcasts mm -hmm. about it since then. So, like I was looking for more of the clues and the hints that they drop along the way, and it is so masterfully done along the way that you—it's not like spoilerific. It's just more like of a little breadcrumbs that he that, intentionally puts for you that's what makes it a good and, uh like second viewing like it's not just one of those movies where you watch yeah. it once and you're like oh i know what's happening so it's not as good a second time like, exactly watching it the second no, time you're like "Ooh, i get to be a part of the inside crew exactly and see it come together you know and it made yeah. it better for me yeah. it, for me anyway like i i enjoyed it more i enjoyed it the first time but yeah you you know what when you know what you're looking for the second time around which i feel like is the same for any kind of like uh murder mystery thriller or you know anything like that um so it was fun to watch and i i wanted to mention this with miss marvel it just makes me wish you know since they're so heavy on taika waititi right now yeah like let edgar wright do his marvel movie he probably uh, wouldn't now but man yeah, like dude. they the fact that they with what they've been doing in recent years i was just thinking the other night Rewatching this movie, I was like, "Marvel, you fucked up." Uh, you know, Edgar Wright was prime and ready yeah. for a Marvel movie, and I don't know what went wrong, but he, that was a miss. He was one of the early ones too. Like he yeah. was one of yeah. the early adopters. Like right? John Favreau and Edgar Wright were like primed at the beginning to do these movies. Yeah, such a shame, such a shame, and the, it, it feels it definitely feels like they have a different attitude towards that now and. Having come out of Thor, Love and Thunder, it's like, would Edgar Wright's vision have been really so bad? Like, come on. Anyway, that's all I've got for this week. Miguel, I felt like you were pining to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I just, I hadn't thought about Edgar Wright in a hot minute, but you're absolutely right. Like, he was going to come do Ant-Man, and then that fell through, and Ant-Man really felt like a movie that he would have, uh, that would have benefited it from Edgar Wright. Oh, but then absolutely. I'm sitting here thinking, instead of having Taika Waititi try to capture lightning in a bottle twice, Edgar Wright could have totally come in and done the follow-up to Thor Ragnarok. Oh, oh man. my god. Absolutely. Dude. What the And it would have been it, it would have been what Thor Ragnarok was to Thor 2. It would have been yeah. the refresher. It would have given him something new. And and not not to or say continued that continued that energy. At yes, least. but but in its in its own way, you know. Yeah, you I mean? have to have the pressure trying. of like, I just hit the Ragnarok. Let me do something different. Now I do it again. It's yeah, like, exactly. hey, like, why don't yeah. you do another prop? Why don't you do Ant Man? You know what I mean? Like, why don't Taika yeah. do Ant Man? You know, yeah, wow, that's interesting. Wow, if you had totally. the right, yeah, totally. it just it just dawned on me about that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's the same feeling like if, if it was another Doctor Strange <laughs> movie, like if if we couldn't get Sam Raimi, the next one could be uh, Guillermo del Toro. How cool would that uh, be? Absolutely. Hey, absolutely. Don't, don't take me there. I could oh, I, I would rather I would rather that than Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange, actually, now that I think about it. Like 
Give us someone else. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, we're going to be here for another hour if I start talking okay. about this. So we'll we'll think about it. We'll let this ruminate in, a little bit. Bring in Martin Scorsese for the next Avengers. Dude, how <laughs> fucking funny that would that be? And then he dies. You know what I mean? Right yeah. after. So like the last uh, movie he did was a Marvel movie. We're going to give you a billion dollars to do a Marvel movie. Like, will that shut you up? Will you finally do it? All right. Give me Marvel. some Italian superheroes. Let's yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. go. He could do like a Daredevil movie. Oh, Ryan Gosling said he was interested in Ghost Rider. Let Martin Scorsese direct mm. that. Is that one that he liked? Did he like Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider? No, he just likes his abs, man. Okay. Uh, here I am. It's my turn to shine. Uh, listen, I'm going to do some quick reviews here. Um, I get to over, a restroom again. Over the weekend, okay. I watched the Aldous Snow duology. Do you know what that means? No. No. The Aldous Snow duology. That's the. Um, is that the guy from? Wait, wait, wait. Figure that it out. is Figure uh, it out. Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. And uh, get yes. him to the get him to the green. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's exactly it, man. Yeah, we watched right. uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall popped up on TV, and we were just watching. And man, that movie is so full as full of great small bits. Like classic. It's like they have these cutaway moments. Um, that are so funny. Of course, they have like the movie's funny, but it has these like quick, like five second, two second increments uh, throughout the movie of just like, wow, they just filmed all these smaller bits throughout. So yeah. funny. And then after we finished, I was like, let's watch uh, Get Him to the Greek and let's keep going down this Aldous Snow train. And Russell Brand does such a good job with that character. Um, it's really funny to see. And I, I, we just laughed so much to see them getting fucked up, like with uh, Jonah Hill getting fucked up with a new segment and uh i don't know it's great can i say yeah can i say real quick uh i was a huge fan of the soundtrack from get him to the greek yeah so they continued that uh you know his songs from getting sarah marshall but though like those kind of like quote-unquote jokesy songs uh or i satire song uh-huh. i don't know how you would describe it but those songs are actually bangers uh like furry walls is yes. a great fucking song uh i'm gonna send you guys some tracks to this but um and i'm I'm blanking on the band name but like there's one thing i took from get him to the greek was the soundtrack was uniquely uh very good for a movie comedy about like a fake music artist i know i'm trying to find who composed the music uh who did the music i'm just looking at fairy walls uh infant sorrow infant sorry is the artist uh and then they have a song called the clap oh the clap uh, beans and mash yeah um but fairy (laughs) fairy walls is uh or inside of you uh, uh, from forgetting sarah yes they did it they brought (laughs) it up again good uh, yeah, I mean the lyrics are hilarious. It's one of those songs that, like, yeah. Uh, I now I'm gonna go back and listen to all of these songs. It's such a fun it's like been a that, minute. that is a fun movie. Like when you wake up, you have nothing to do on a Saturday or Sunday. Like yep. those are fun movies. The Aldous Snow duology, uh, a, a connected universe that you didn't expect to happen, and it was really great. Uh, another movie, another thing I saw was The Avengers Assembled. Uh, it's the behind the scenes of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Uh, a couple things I wanted to point out uh, that was really cool was that 
they have virtual cameras now on iPads. So if you want to see where certain monsters or explosions are happening, uh, it all it's all happening uh, on an iPad, and you can kind of trace it. It's it's like what was happening with Avatar, where you were able to see the VFX and the graphics on camera. Uh, but they had all these rigs, they had all this material, they had all this equipment, and now you know you don't need all that. You can just use an iPad to see everything, to see, hey, if we framed it at this angle, how does that explosion look? I thought that was really cool. Uh, I thought was also really cool was man, they had this one detail of a bell fucking exploding and falling to the floor. A bell, okay? What a small detail. It took them four months to coordinate that motion to happen. And I thought what, that that is like that is what makes movies cool. Like we talk about Top Gun, about how much time it takes to really showcase uh, a real event. Like those are the things that pull us through. We want to see the movie magic. We want to see how all those things happen. Um, this is also the most wire intensive uh, movie. One of the most wire intensive movies. Um, and you know, after watching this. <sighs> I still think that the character who played America Chavez is a little too bubbly. That is all I'm going to say. I love the character. I love the actor. Actor's great. I just think that it was a miscast in that she's a little bit too bubbly for me. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, John Krasinski, was added later, it looked, behind the scenes. And uh, I also thought it was funny that they didn't show any Spider-Man stuff in the behind the scenes stuff because Sony owns that properties. So when they were showing Doctor Strange stuff, we didn't see any of the uh, drama that happened from Spider-Man. Uh, those are my thoughts, quick thoughts. And then I watched The Umbrella Academy. I binged the whole thing. Uh, and it's it's like a fun thing to do. I had a fun time. I liked season two and three more than season one. You know, if you really have nothing else to watch, I'd say I'd, I'd, I'd watch it. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it. Season three as much season two. I know it dealt with a lot of COVID issues. And so you can tell that in the series, uh, not just narratively, but through the set. Uh, they're all kind of, it's kind of like all based in a hotel. Mm. Uh, but it does, it keeps the same aesthetic of being like in the fifties, like a modern fifties thing. Uh, but it also deals with the same premise throughout each season, which there is a doomsday event that occurs and they're trying to uh, avoid it. Um, they have great musical, mo- uh, like soundtrack moments um, that are really great. Um, and I think it's like a fun time. I know a lot of people didn't like season three. I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the family dynamic of it all. Um, and you know what? Also, even if you didn't like season three, I think some of the actors in there um, are really steal are really like sh- uh, stealing the show. Um, if you watch the show, you'll be like, oh yeah, those two or three actors, they're fantastic. And I'll keep watching the show because of these three actors. Um, so Umbrella Academy, but what I, I would recommend over the Umbrella Academy is the boys, uh, the boys just finished. And, uh, man, I mean, that is a perfect balance of just extreme bloody action sets with just emotional struggles and satirical commentary. Um, I think they really do a good job of balancing different tones and make and poking fun of, you know, not only the, uh, you know, political atmosphere of what we're dealing with, but also like superhero stuff like the Zack Snyder, you know, feelings, the Marvel like characters. It pokes fun of all that. Um, And it does a really good job of making you hate the villain. 
You know, like at the end of it, you're like, fuck this guy. I really, really hate him. And, and they do a good job of driving that. Uh, and so the boys, I think that's something that if you're not watching it and you're okay with handling a lot of blood and sexual like shit <laughs> and content, it's good. It's good. It's fun. Uh, a lot of people go through emotional stuff. Uh, boys is fun. The pr uh, Prime Video is doing that. And I feel like Prime Video is uh, leaning towards this like really um, aggressive and violent uh, content. They were doing it with Invincible. I don't know if you've seen Invincible. Oh, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's kind of the same vein, you know, of like this bloody, like, superhero realism. It's, this is The Boys, you know. So if you like Invincible, I recommend watching The Boys. Um, to wrap this up, what I've been into, it hasn't actually been a show. It's been a device. It's been a toy. And it's called Pop Pucks, okay? Um, if you're on YouTube or on Spotify, you can see it, what I'm holding in my hand. This is a pop puck. If you have a pop socket on your phone, you know, there are those things that you can hold your phone a lot better because they're too big nowadays. Pop socket came out with this fidget uh, toy called a pop puck. It's the future of thumb sports, but truly what it is, it's a fidgeter <laughs> toy. Uh, I posted this on my uh, Instagram story. I don't know. I think you guys saw it. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I had to describe it to listeners who are not watching the video, uh, it's the size of like a thumb. And in between this device are two little magnetic, uh, probably one inch pucks on this thumb device. And all you really do is you slide them like that. On YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about. Oh, all fidgety. you're doing, it's a fidgeter tool. And all you do is you slide these two magnetic things and you swap places between them. Uh, I don't know if I'm explaining it great, but go on YouTube and Spotify and see for yourself. <laughs> so uh, I've been having a ball with this. You know, I you know they have those fidgeter tools where it has like different devices. You can push buttons. You can move things. Yeah. Uh, I, I bought a pop socket uh, recently because I wanted a new phone, uh, and it was the Iron Man uh, thing here. What's it called? His little device. They sent me an email about these pop pucks, and I was like, oh, man, this is up my alley. So I've just been playing with a pop puck. That's what it sounds like. That's the only bad thing about it is it's pretty loud. Uh, I like it. I, it but but you should have said I felt like, oh, that's right up my alley. It I is, it like is so fun. Um, and they also offer uh, booster packs, quote-unquote booster packs. So you can, uh, you know, you want the black one, the blue one, the yellow one or whatever. And it comes with like pre-made versions. But then you can get like different like booster packs. And I was like, oh, shit, I want to get like 20 booster packs of these little pucks. Look, they're this size. Okay. Oh, they come like, off too. Huh? They come off because they're magnetic. You know what I mean? So they can't yeah. fall off. And so I was like, ooh, I want like different designs. I want one with the skull. So I bought uh, a booster pack. I was horribly disappointed. There was only oh. there was <laughs> there was only two of them, and I was expecting like six of them in this pack. Uh, each pack they kind of have like a different design, um, but it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a really good fidgeter tool. I like. I'm driving. I have an hour drive to work, and so I'm just have it in my hand, and I'm just like fumbling with it. And it keeps you at peace. It keeps me at peace. Keeps you centered. It's a good. It's a good. It. Yeah, it keeps you centered. I'm having a good time with it. 
Uh, you know, and that's what I've been into. That's the last thing. These pop pucks. So if you're interested in some fidgeting tools, uh, look up Pop Socket and go to Pop Pucks and get something like that. We are not sponsored by Pop Pucks, but but we could be. We could be. Uh, I I mean I don't know, guys. Did we do it? I think that's everything. Right. Yeah. Any last yeah. comments on, on? Oh, I will pull this out. I also got a uh, go to our Instagram. And you'll see me unboxing this Thor oh, wow. popcorn yeah. uh, uh, case. It's not really efficient to put popcorn in, but it is fun. Um, it looks like you could put popcorn in it. You could put popcorn. I'm just going to throw that out there. But it looks or pretty cool. Or several boxes of chocolate raisins. I, I did want to tell you guys this. So I, I saw Thor on Thursday, um, but I really wanted this popcorn Mjolnir bucket. That came, yeah. uh, that was available. So I didn't think I was going to actually get it at 9 a.m. I was like, you know what? By 9 a.m., it's going to get sold out. So do you know what I did? I have AMC A-List. I bought a ticket to Lightyear. And I literally just went into AMC at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I walked in, showed my Lightyear ticket. Because it doesn't, you know, it's fine. And then I said, I would like one Mjolnir popcorn bucket. Bought the popcorn bucket and straight up left the theater after that <laughs> i didn't even see Lightyear. i just needed a ticket to get in the theater did you um, have to pay for that ticket no because he's got the a-list i had the a-list i paid 24 uh, bucks a month for it i could be you know so it like it literally it means nothing to me to get uh, a ticket to Lightyear. <laughs> i've already seen two or three movies this month so glad what's an extra movie ticket I, that, that means nothing to me you know what i mean so it really sure. costs nothing to get into the movie theater i was able to get this uh Mjolnir popcorn bucket go to our Instagram you'll be able to see me to unbox it but hey if there's nothing else to talk about do you guys have anything else to talk about nope well you know what <laughs> we fucking did it we fucking did it I'm she drunk did. as hell uh, and you know <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing pretty good here uh, I'm still watching the great I'll, I'll update us more when I finish the show uh, but you know this has been Punch Drunk Nerd and you know it's been me Luis Gonzalez and of course Miguel Sanchez and And until next time, you know what it is. Later, Gators. <laughs> Later, Gators. Yay!